from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBHM, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we're going to talk about Subnautica on Nintendo Switch, and we finally made it through new Pokemon Snap. Plus, we got impressions of the new 8-Bit Doe Pro Controller 2.0. I gave Disc Replay all my money again. I'm finally hooked on Tetris 99. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 271, your place for birthday people like myself and you guys to talk about games and shit and all that stuff. We are your hosts. I'm Trey. Pokemon can tell when someone really loves them, and they return the love right back. Johnson. Yuck. Happy birthday, Trey. Uh, I'm Jeremy, killing my own wrists since 05. Mikowski. Happy birthday, Trey. I'm John Wing Warrior Knitter. <laughs> I might I might put in the uh, the audio for the game for that, but I know you know what I'm talking about, Jeremy. I do. That, I do. Yeah, <laughs> which we'll talk about, of course. Let's, let's start the show as we normally do and talk about what we've got and what we've been playing and stuff. Uh, as of the recording of this, this is my birthday. It's my 41st birthday, so hooray, I guess. Woo! It's kind of weird. Kind of a. It's almost a post quarantine birthday. Yeah, it is it's it was kind of sad about it because, you know, most my whole like 40th life has been in the quarantine, so it's kind of kind of sucks. So it's like Which is the sequel to Second Life. Yeah, to have to have two uh, to have two birthdays in the same quarantine. It's like, well, I didn't really do anything for 40. I mean, aside from this podcast and streaming and stuff, but not really like I don't know. Nothing that made money, really. <laughs> so but I mean, I feel like I feel like things are kind of starting to look up. I don't know. I might I might have a might have a job in a couple of weeks so cool. we'll see but uh it's yeah it seems to be getting better but also I feel like people think it's getting better too soon and it's going to get all fucked up again because not everyone's vaccinated and all that stuff but that's a whole nother it's getting better in an, a confused and unclear fashion yeah well I mean it's like okay so you know most people that you know like you know fairly intelligent people like ourselves are vaccinated are vaccinated and all that stuff and that's great you know sure yeah i want to go out and like fucking have dinner or whatever you know but if like if like 40 percent of the population is not yeah. getting vaccinated then we're all going to get fucked again in, in like a few more months so or a year or whatever you know it's just kind of yeah i'm a bit dumbfounded that after a year of half the country not wanting to wear masks the cdc has trusted the honor system with yeah. letting people go into stores or wearing masks or not. It's uh, a, that was weird, too. It was just kind of like out of left field. They were just like, oh, BT dubs, don't wear the mask anymore. It so, uh, honestly no. sounds kind of lazy where they're like, well, you know, we're really tired of trying to tell you to wear them. So, you know, whatever. Do whatever you want. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I think it feeds. It, it just feeds the conspiracy theories, too, because people are going to be like, well, if it was that important, why did it just get dropped all of a sudden? Like, why yeah. was it gradually lifted? Yeah, I don't know. But either way, 
I mean, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has been vaccinated, but get vaccinated, damn it, so we can do, so we can go do video game related stuff. So specifically for that reason, yeah. And there's another, there's like a new official, like there's an MGC before MGC, which I talked about before on here, but they announced the date for like the Midwest Gaming Classic lock-in, which uh, w- which we talked about before when they first originally announced it. But it's at the, it's going to be at the end of July. And it's basically going to take place at the old hotel that they used to have the convention at. And it's going to be like a smaller, basically a smaller MGC. And it's basically like a video game lock-in. It's like a 24-hour video game thing. And you can go to sleep and come back whenever you want to. And it's and the idea is, to, is so you can play like specific retro games that are better, like in a smaller group, you know, that type of thing. So people can actually get hands-on and stuff like that. It sounded really cool. Like I, I thought I was like, well, I should go, but also it's like two months away, so who knows what's happening then? But mm-hmm. it's cool. In one way, it's really far away, and then in another, it's like really soon. In the sense that I've started playing and stuff for the rest of the year, yeah, uh, sure. already. And uh, I'm like, do I really want to do that? Like, if I had to choose between doing the November one and the July one, I'm definitely going to choose November. Yeah, I mean, it's far, it's farther away for you than than it is for me. For me, it's like. 90 minutes so it's not that bad but i don't I, I doubt that i'll actually go it was just one of those things when seeing it i was like mm-hmm. oh, you know because it was but also it's like it's so close and you know and money and when lack of work and all that fun stuff but uh yeah i don't know and also like not even not video game related but uh riot fest got got their bands and all that and already got sold out in like about two seconds probably because everybody already had tickets for it but that feels mm-hmm. kind of weird too but i mean i figured yeah Everybody who has who bought tickets for the 2020 Riot Fest gets tickets for 2021 Riot Fest already. So when I even heard that they announced it and had tickets on sale, everything was sold out already, even VIP passes. So it was like, okay, well, did you already have a ticket? No, I didn't buy a ticket. I haven't. I stopped buying tickets to save money for the wedding and and uh, and uh, you know honeymoon and all that. I took I took a break from it for for love. I was kind of sad. I got a uh, a ticket refund yesterday from a, a show I uh, reserved in like March of last year. That was going to be at the end of May. Of course, it got canceled. Oh wow, that's kind of uh, late. To, were they just holding out that it might? Well, happen again? I, I was I was holding out. It wasn't very expensive. So it's uh, Mannequin Pussies, the band. They're kind of mid range popular band. You know, they're not like huge, but they're on. Something like Victory. It's not Victory, but it's one of those like level of like hard harder music labels but uh yeah i was just kind of holding out hope that they would be playing here in town and it looks like they're back in the studio and they're not touring yet so that's probably why but um yeah i just like i saw i had an email like your 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 uh ticket price has been refunded and i was like oh i really wanted to see them <laughs> i was like just holding out hope and you know like keeping your tickets sort of like with mgc like it works that way on any other level like the, the local venue in town for me it was like showing support for them by not getting a refund just yet. So that was just automatically applied and it made me sad. Well, that's too bad. But maybe, you know, I'm sure they'll be back at some point. But who mm-hmm. knows when. But yeah, let's let's start talking about games and stuff. I wanted to talk about my toy store pickup stuff that I got for for my birthday cuz it's actually not completely toy re- not completely video game related, but some of it is. I mean, you could easily make it video game related. But you know, uh, my my wonderful wife, she uh, she gave me some toy store money for my birthday and said, "Here, 
Well, she basically <laughs> said, uh, I'm going to give you $60 and you can buy a game with it or you can go get toys with it. And I was, and I was like, oh, toys. And she's like, yeah, Toy Du Jour is open again, which we've had. We had the owner, Sam, on the show before. We did. To talk about, uh, you know, G.I. Joe and G.I. Joe games and stuff like that. It was, uh, yeah, we talked about Street Fighter G.I. Joe figures also. Yeah. So uh, it was, yeah. So I was like, well, shit, I'm just going to go over there because I haven't been there. The la- when I was there last was when I went to go see Sonic the Hedgehog because I stopped in there to talk to him on the way there and he gave me candy for the for the movie so that's pretty cool but yeah I was like well shit I haven't been there for o- in, in over a year so I'm gonna go over there and see what's up so I went over there and spent some money so so let's see what we got this is a audio only unless you're a patron so I'll uh, <laughs> explain what I have here so I got. I got this. Uh, I got this thing toy here. This is the thing nice. toy. Toy From that I've ne- huh? From what year? I don't know what it is. I've never seen it before, though. Oh wait, yeah, it's on the. It's always on the butt. The statue. That's what we were saying. It says 2010, so it's not that old. But I, you know, the thing is my favorite superhero, so I, so I collect. You know, I have a whole bunch of thing, thing toys, and I haven't seen this thing toy yet. So, and it was only a dollar. So, there you go. It was cheap. I also got Martian Manhunter. If you guys don't know who he is, he's. Uh, I thought you were just going to say you got sixty of those toys. He's he's very he's the very coolest uh, one of the coolest uh, Justice League members. Martian Manhunter. He was actually a character cool. on on the Supergirl TV show and on the CW. If you want to talk With about cloth cape, recent stuff. No, it's like a. It's it's bendable. It's like a. Mm. I don't know. It's some sort of like a bendable plastic, but it's really cool. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how old he is. I can't tell you. But but it looked cool. It was like it was like out of a drawer like a loose loose toys that are like a couple dollars. I found Martian Manhunter and the thing in there. So those were those ones. Also, because I like cuz the Fantastic Four is like my favorite comic book. I bought some Fantastic Four movie toys that I haven't that I haven't seen in a long time. So I got oh, a fan four stick. So I got uh, Johnny Storm and uh, Sue Storm here from the Fantastic Four movie. The the first one, not the Josh uh, Trank, okay. not the Josh Trank one. Not and fan four stick. What's fan four stick? That's how they wrote it out. The Josh Trank one. Instead oh of yeah, it was a four. Yeah, that that was that movie was sad because Josh Trank I thought was really cool. I mean, I really liked. Uh, Chronicle, the movie that he made, which was pretty much a live action remake of, of Akira, but it was still pretty cool. But uh yeah, I, I was I had high hopes for that movie and I ended up not even watching all of it. But it's on Disney Plus now, so if you wanna torture yourself with that. But just because of my love for the Fantastic Four comic, I just I've never I've never I haven't seen these toys over there, so I was like, ah, I'll get them. So I got yeah, I got the human torch and invisible woman. I thought you were talking about this there's this weird like flame dick that's in <laughs> that's in this Johnny Storm toy here and I thought that I thought you said Fantastic Four dick because oh. I don't know I don't know I don't know what this is but l- there's like this flame dick that d- I mean look at it. it's it's a dick it's got the is that printed or is that a plastic no this piece? is in the this is in it it's it's a big plastic flame dick that's in here so what it looks uh-huh. like it looks like he's doing an uppercut or something and there's a trail of fire but yeah. it does look like a flaming dick. I think what you're supposed to do is you take this flame dick here and you and you like plug it into the back of, of uh, Johnny Storm, and it's supposed to look Whoa. like he's flying. 
but in the but in the packaging it looks really weird and you can't it's essentially see it. a pea stand but made out of flame dicks yeah you can't <laughs> you can't see it under the lettering here but it goes like all the way down here so it's like a super curved flame dick <laughs> it's, it's really weird <laughs> so i haven't decided they come all they come in all shapes i haven't decided if i was gonna <laughs> if i'm gonna open it or not i might need to see the full potential of the flame dick in here and, and take it out but yeah, I think it's like a stand thing that holds him. Anybody that sees this, uh, sorry, I had to blur this part out. <laughs> so I haven't decided if I'm going to open these or not, but but yeah, it has a really weird, really weird stand, but it might look cool if you take it out and use it. And the, uh, yeah, same thing with the Invisible Woman, Je- the Jessica Alba toy here. Is, so is that uh, an Invisible Dick? No, this, I mean, she, <laughs> she just has a, she just has like an Invisible stand and like half of okay. her, half of her legs are gone too. So it's supposed to be like, you know, they stand on it and float around like on the back here mm-hmm. there's pictures of like, stands. of like what they're what they're supposed to look like yeah mm-hmm. so see the you can see the flaming dick better right there <laughs> and she's got an invisible power blast that's what it is i might just put this video on youtube too so people can see it like it censored hopefully but the other Stand one is good for the channel this was the big this was the biggest one that i got but it's really cool i got the uh Vengeance. This is one of the. He's a Ghost Rider character. It's basically the other character that's not Ghost Rider. He has like a mohawk, a a bone mohawk, and teeth, and all this stuff. He's got like walrus teeth. And he comes with the. It comes with the motorcycle. I actually, I'm not going to take it down because it's kind of a pain in the ass. But I already have a a Ghost Rider toy like this that has a motorcycle and all that stuff. So this one I'm definitely going to open so I can put it next to my Ghost Rider with all the fire. And also comes with the comic book, which I actually have this this the first reprint of this comic. But it has a, but it's basically like a vengeance story is that it comes with. And they actually just, they just like restarted the vengeance comic on Marvel. So I've been reading it. Well, I'm like six issues behind because I've been reading it through Marvel Unlimited, but still it's pretty cool. Like the other, I mean, the Ghost Rider comics were my second favorite comic to the Fantastic Four comics. So that's that. And I got and I got a couple got some stuff for Jess, but that's in the other room. But I got her. Uh, I found these when I was going through my stuff. I found these old uh, Star Trek Next Generation toys that I had from when I was a kid. So I found a Jordy LaForge Worf and Picard toy. So when I was at Toy Du Jour, I found a, a Riker toy as well. So I bought that to add to her. With or without beard? It's no beard. It's like this is like season one toys. Mm-hmm. Like these are the very first Next Generation toys. So. They're, you know, because they have like 93, they have like 1993 Star Trek toys at Toy Du Jour, and they look so much nicer then. But these are like 89 toys, I think, because, you know, Star Trek Next Generation started. Yeah, those ones. Those are the 93 ones. They had, they have those. I, have, I had a Wesley Crusher, but I gave it away. Yeah, oh, yeah, That's I remember funny. you told me that. Yeah, the, they have those ones. I think those are the 93 ones because I looked at the date on them. But the ones that I have aren't those. They're older ones. They're smaller, and they have the phasers attached to their hands. Mm-hmm. You might have seen them before, but yeah, I found. Uh, I guess those are the three characters that I liked the best: was Jordy LaForge, uh, Worf, and Picard. When I was a, when I was a kid, so so there you go. I also got her like a little one of those tiny tunes, like flip cars. That's like a guy in a bathtub because she loves bathtub. Oh, from McDonald's. Uh-huh. Yeah, I oh, I yeah, those. yeah, I got one. I got one of those for her too, just because of her love of baths and. Did it have the dodo guy in it? Yeah, the dodo guy. He's in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was it? Um, 
I don't know. I, I looked it up the other day just to try to figure. Well, yesterday just to figure out what it was, but it was Dodo and maybe Elvira. I also, I also got us both uh, Dick Tracy cards <laughs> because we just did an episode on how is it now about Dick Tracy. So it's a Dick themed episode today. It was, it was pretty funny, really yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we got those. You know, they have cards that are like have never been opened. You know, like collectible cards from the from the nineties. So, and you can buy those for a dollar. So I bought like two Dick Tracy cards. So it it was fun. Do they it have was, like the little stale piece of bubble gum in them, or are they just cards? No bubble gum. No, <laughs> I, I thought there might be just because it was nineteen ninety, but. I used to chew those old bubble gums because I would go to, you know, because I'd go to like comic conventions and some card conventions also with my dad before that. And we buy the old cards that have like the the, the, the gum that's like, you know, that breaks, you know, like it's so mm-hmm. solid that it's like, you know, <laughs> you can like break it, it on a wall. It turns into like a powder and then reconstitutes. You can break it on a wall. But I, but because I was a kid and I didn't really care about what I ate, I, I chew, would chew the gum that was in there because I thought it was fine. And yeah, you got to like. It's almost like chewing on a cracker, and then it just kind of like eventually turns into a gum, <laughs> somewhat like gum, and it's it's disgusting, but kind of cool at the same time. There's there's a Simpsons joke about that where uh, where Millhouse like bites it, and he's like, "I cut my cheek on the on the." Sometimes it would leave like a, a weird greasy stain on the card, and that would be that would piss me off because it, it would be, usually be the card that I wanted. Oh, because it like it melted or something. Stain. Yeah, this is yeah. like you know when. In the early 90s, when I was a kid collecting them, these would have been like cards from the 80s that still had the gum in them. So they were like 10 plus year old sticks of gum. Sure. Yeah. It's, they're pretty gross. But no, there, there, was no, there was no gum in there. But there was like a collectible sticker thing. I remember, I mean, obviously, I probably collected a lot of these when I was a kid. And I remember the Batman cards from 89. And I don't think those had gum in them either, the ones right before. But I got the whole collection of those. I actually collected those through trading with friends and all that. But the best toy of all that I got, and this isn't actually from Toy Du Jour, this is another another gift that, that I that I got for for my birthday from my wife is uh, the amiibo of all amiibos himself themselves, the uh, Magnum Allo of Martha Hunter Rise. I didn't even uh, maybe I remember seeing that back in the day, but I don't remember. Them announcing it, the Magnum Allo amiibo. You don't remember That's the Monster Hunter really amiibos? Cool. There, there were there were three Monster Hunter amiibo that supposedly came out, but oh. I've never seen them anywhere, and they're and they're all like super expensive now. And and I thought that this, I thought that the that the Magnum Allo amiibo came with some of the deluxe sets of the game that you got, okay. like the one that came with the speci- with the special like Pro Controller. I thought some of them came with the Magnum Allo amiibo, but I haven't seen it anywhere, and it's like. It's huge. It's like twice the size of any normal amiibo, and you could see it. it it's a, it's heavier, and, and you do actually get stuff from using it. So I do. You get you get a specific layered armor, like a Magnamala layered layered armor that I think you can only get from the amiibo. So I'm gonna have to use it. But yeah, Jess, uh, she got it. Got it from some some uh, bids. She bid for it on eBay and ended up getting it for around the price that she wanted. But it's really really cool. Like I, uh, this is my first piece of Monster Hunter merchandise here. You know, since I since I've been trying to be a Monster Hunter fan for years, and now I finally fell in love with Monster Hunter Rise. Now I have a Magnamalo, so it's really really cool. Like I wanted to get like a friend of mine owns a Japanese toy store here, and I actually thought about trying to get him on the show, but and he does uh, sells a lot of toys on there, and I did actually see some Monster Hunter toys there, like in some actual like Japanese action figure Monster Hunter stuff. And I thought about going in there and trying to get those, but I have Magnamalo, which is the best. I mean, so here it is. So I'm going to open this thing 
right here on the air, just because you know we got to do that. That's how we do that. So two for two this time. Oh yeah, it's so uh, so big. It has like three little sections here for the for the stand. Actually, it has four technically. It has four little areas for the stand and the feet. But yeah, this this guy looks this guy looks awesome. No, if you guys if you guys can see that, but it's badass. The Magnum Owl looks very cool. It has like this has has like the electric fire coming out of its mouth and. And it's like, you know, the, the feeder, the feeder look like it's all the ground, but it does have like a, like an ice stand in the middle, but it's really, really cool. I'm very, yeah, I'm very happy, happy with it. So, so there was, there was this one, there was a Palico or no, there's a Palamute and there's a Palico Amiibo also that came out with Monster Hunter. So it did have some Amiibo. They just, they seem to be released very quietly and very limited because I never, well, I mean, I haven't been anywhere, but. We we haven't we haven't seen him anywhere. Jess hasn't seen him anywhere when she was out. But so yeah, there was uh, those two in a row: uh, Peach, Pete, Cat Peach, and Magnamalo. So yeah, it's it's super awesome. Really excited it's about it. So. It's a pretty sharp feeling. Like it seems like it would have a lot of like angles on it. Uh yeah, there are a lot of angles here. You could, I mean, you could potentially hurt yourself. Yes, if you were uh, nice. If you like forcibly, I mean, Magnamalo can hurt the shit out of you in that game. So I mean, it's not I like that. it's it's not like you know the. I mean, there's some points here, but they're not like you know sharp. They're not like filed down to to freak your eye out. But they're definitely there's a lot of points. You know, there's the claws and and horns and stuff. And yeah, it's cool. I'm very turn happy. the am- amiibo around again. That's how I saw it most of the time because I like run up from behind them and I'm like kind of under them, just slicing them over and over again. That's the Magnamalo I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know the Magnamalo from a distance because I because I use my gun and stay away. But yeah, no, it's really cool to have some Monster Hunter stuff there. So yeah, that's my that's my uh, birthday toy stuff. So it's cool. I'm uh, I'm very yeah. I'm happy. I'm it's it's gonna be the first time. I mean, I haven't scanned an actual amiibo since what Super Mario Odyssey? Maybe <laughs> I think it was the last time I scanned one. When you so. scan the cereal, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. I might I might have scanned something after that, but I really I really don't remember. I I feel like the last time I really like scanned a whole bunch of amiibo was. Was for Yoshi's Woolly World because you got a specific like a uh, yarn outfit for every amiibo. So I actually went through all of the amiibo that I had and scanned all of them to see what they all looked like. And that was the last time I was really scanning them. I scanned all my Animal Crossing amiibo. I guess I I guess I used I guess I used some for Breath of the Wild too because I know you can get specific uh, armor for that too. So whatever, but. But this one I'm excited. I'm definitely going to scan it because of the layered armor for Monster Hunter. So it'll be cool. But aside from that, I beat a couple games this week. As I said, as I promised last week, and I pretty much did it like right the day after while I was streaming. But I got to the first credits of Bravely Default 2. So there you go. I think I got there at about 57 hours. But it's it's kind of it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of cool at the same time. It's very much a... It's it's very much one of those like it's the ending. Oh no, just kidding. It's not really the ending. Let's keep going. So uh it's I, I guess maybe they put that in there for anybody who doesn't want to play it, pay like the full like hundred some hours to get through the rest of the stuff, but not I don't I don't want to give like you know, I'll give like some spoilers here, I guess, but basically there's like an ending that's not great that happens. Like one of your main characters, I'm not gonna say who, but somebody does end up dying in the final fight against the boss. 
And it's just kind of basically like everybody's like, well, that sucks that she died. But, you know, we stopped the world from getting destroyed by this ultimate evil. So there you go. And it ends with like a little memorial service for the person that died. And then and then there's like the credits and all that. That and, sounds really familiar. And then uh, and then and then you and then it like saves after that, you know, saves a, a post mm-hmm. a post game. And it's like and it tells you it's like, OK, well, here's a post post a game save. But if you go back to this, you'll actually be continued before you fought the boss. So I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. So I go back and I reload it. And right when you reload it, your your characters have a vision of what's going to happen. Like they have like this like this uh, premonition that one of the characters is going to get killed. So there's like a cutscene where they all talk it over and they're like, maybe we shouldn't fight the boss yet. And then in order to continue the game, you leave the you basically leave the dungeon. And then the game keeps going. So you decide not to fight the boss because you realize that it was a bad idea. And they're like, well, why don't we go to this place? And then there's a new town that you've never been to before. So it just like keeps going. So I thought that was kind of cool how that, that sounds works. really, really similar to another game. What, to Chrono Trigger? No, Dragon Quest Eleven. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, I mean, that one, the ending... Oh, the ending of that one, I remember there was like a cutscene, and then it showed like a little item in a specific place and then you went and found the item and then the game continued. Yeah. But it was, I mean, that one I felt like was a little bit more, I don't know, it, it wasn't, it was structured differently, but yeah, sure. But yeah, Bravely Default 2, it's a great game. Anybody who likes uh, turn-based RPGs that are super hardcore and difficult, it's uh, it's fun to play. But yeah, no, I, I basically, um, yeah, I went through, I, I beat the boss. The boss was a, wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a cakewalk. I mean, I, I used a whole lot of Godspeed strikes again, but, and I barely made it through. I made it through with only one party member alive, I think. Oh. So, but, uh, but, I, but I made it through barely. It's skin of my teeth there. And it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get killed. My character has like 100 health points left. And I just basically braved four times and just Godspeed sp- God stroke and instead. Of, and I basically did it like four times in hopes that it would kill him and it did end up killing him. So I was like, oh, all right. But it's I heard it gets much, much harder after that. So I'll definitely be playing more of it. But I mean, I got to the credits. So the first credits. So that's what I wanted to do before the other big RPG release this week. So so there you go. So it was cool. And and uh, and after you after you beat it, you get more abilities for your freelance job. So it's my understanding that you go through and you do these trials and you basically get to get more stuff for every job that you've gotten. And there's like 24 jobs or something like that in the whole game. So you can go through and make the jobs basically more levels available to be to be gotten to in the jobs and more abilities and all that stuff. So that's cool. I'm excited about doing all that stuff. So there you go on that. And uh, there was a big there was a big release last week that came out that I've actually been playing more than anything else right now. And that's uh, Subnautica, which is a underwater survival Minecraft-ish type game. And I've really been digging it a lot. I, I never really got into Minecraft, but I think the reason that I like... Well, Subnautica is kind of more like... I would say it's more like Dragon Quest Builders than it is Minecraft, because mm-hmm. it does have like an overarching uh, story through it. And there is like things you're supposed to do. It's not just like build shit. It's like a lot of it is... There's a story that's going through, and uh, if you're not familiar with this game, basically the game starts off. You are in a spaceship, and uh, and you get attacked, and you basically land on this alien planet. Like this, this the ship explodes. the the um, The escape pod releases. You're in the escape pod. You basically wake up to the escape pod being completely on fire, 
and you have to put it out with your with your extinguisher and it's also like everything is broken it's going to explode in a certain amount of days so you have to so already at the very beginning it's already like okay you got to figure out a way to to fix your escape pod before it completely explodes and then you have to like float forever or you'll just end up dying without oxygen or whatever so it already has something something off the bat that you need to do and you basically you know you dive underwater most of it's underwater uh, you go through and find different metals. It kind of reminds me of uh, of the original series Star Trek episode Arena, if you remember that one, where Kirk gets put on that planet with the Gorn, which is like this big like uh, um, alligator-looking alien. And it's basically like, uh, here, you know, you get the, the whole planet is yours. You get to fight each other. So he makes like a bazooka out of like, you know, chemicals and shit that he finds on the ground. Mm. That, that's kind of that's kind of how this game is. It's like it's like okay, go underwater and find sulfur, like find these like acid mushrooms and find this other shit and find like copper and like silver and gold and uh, and like magnetite and all this other stuff. And you use it with this once you like fix the replicator in your pod, you can actually end up start making stuff and it's really cool. Like you basically collect stuff and then you make things and, and you make like a repair gun that you can use on your, on your pod to fix itself. And, and you can make like a, and, and then, and that there's like a first aid kit maker that you can make. Like I got to the point where I, I made my first habitat, which is basically like your house, you know, and I made, I built this habitat underwater. I built like two giant lockers there that I can put, can, I can keep a lot of stuff in. I made uh, I made a, another replicator there. I made another radio. The radio you can actually get signals from other people who have landed on the planet as well. I have yet to see anybody though, because every time I go there, they're already dead. Their their pods are already you know way be- way below sea level and abandoned and all that stuff. But you go in there and you get their PDAs, or you can scan like destroyed pieces of equipment that will help you learn how to build certain pieces of equipment later. Uh, I just I just got a sea moth, which is basically a vehicle that you can drive through underwater, which is really really cool. And uh, yeah, this this game is really awesome. Like for anybody who's been thinking about trying it out, I definitely think you should. And I I ended up, you know, there was two of them. They have uh, this one in Below Zero, and I was like, well, I'll just go for the first one and just try that out and see how I feel, and then maybe I'll play Below Zero later. But it's just like has this it has this great mix of like super tranquil relaxingness mixed with holy shit this is really scary <laughs> at the same time because because you know you're 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 like swimming around underwater and you have like a you know you have an oxygen meter and all that and you can upgrade that like i got to the point where i have like i have a, a better oxygen meter where i can stay under there for like 200 seconds or something like that but i also got the rebreather which like takes your co2 and makes it back in o2 so you can stay under for even longer but it gets to the point where you might have found something really cool and then you forget like how long you've been underwater for. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, by the way, you run out of oxygen in 30 seconds. And you're like, uh, how do I get out of here? <laughs> and you're like, and you're inside of this uh, ruined ship or something like that. And you don't remember where the door is. And you're just like kind of, or you can't find where the, it, it can be really terrifying. Or you're just like looking for something. And all of a sudden this, this giant ass like water monster just like kills you in two seconds. I put up a video on Twitter of that where I was just kind of swimming around at night and all of a sudden this giant monster just came out of nowhere and ate me. And I was like, what? Okay. Does it work like Minecraft where you lose whatever resources you're holding when you die? Uh, you use, you lose like some stuff, but it's not that big of a deal. Like I didn't really, I, I mean, I've died, I've already died like 10 times, so it's not really, it's not that big of a deal, but it's it is, roguelike. but it is kind of terrifying. Just the fact that, you know, just, well, and, and yeah, it's, you know, there's no, 
you're on this planet and it's and it's when you get there like you can look all around 360 and there's water everywhere well you can see your your burning ship and water and that's it and it's like okay so it is kind of terrifying at that like just to look at it but yeah but basically when you die you might you'll lose like some of the items that you've collected but i think i think dragon quest builders kind of works like that too I noticed that I like one time I was looking for silver and I got a bunch of I got a couple silvers and I died and I lost that silver so but I but every time that I got like the PDA I was looking for within within that uh down escape pod or whatever I I think I still have the PDA like I didn't have to go back and get it like whatever I was whatever mission I was doing was still completed but 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 you go all the way back to it takes you back to your habitat or your or your life pod or whatever that you've made and I think that if I don't know I think that if you die, you have to go back and get your sea moth. No, you do. Yeah. So wherever you died, your sea moth will stay there, and that's the that's the ship. So mm-hmm. if you want it back, you have to go back and get it. So I was streaming it last night, and that giant monster that I was talking about a couple seconds ago that scared the shit out of me, I ran into that monster again while I was in the sea moth. And when you're swimming around by yourself, you know the monster just grabs you and you're dead in two seconds. But the sea moth, it's actually like sca- carrying me around and destroying the ship that I made. And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, I, I, I don't want to lose the ship because it took me a while to make it. And and I basically like just abandoned the ship. I jumped out of the ship and then it killed me. But then I had to come back and get the ship. So I had to go through the fucking giant monster again to get my fucking ship and get the ship out of there and get it back to the habitat. And it's great. This game is great. I love it. <laughs> but but yeah, it's I, I did make it out of there and I did get my ship back. And thankfully, you can use your repair gun on your ship. So you can repair it whenever you want. And the only thing uh, you how you you might have to make a new battery to switch it out whenever it runs out of batteries. But at some point you do get like a charging like a garage type thing that you can put it into that it'll recharge your your uh, vehicle. But, but yeah, it's it's really really cool. Like I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's uh I don't know. It just it just kind of hit it just kind of hit a note for me. And every, and whenever I'm playing it, I keep hearing songs from Metroid Prime going through my head because I feel like I'm in this. You know, like I'm in this cool world discovering all these like new uh, aliens and stuff. And you can scan everything like very much how you could scan everything with your visor. And there's kind of like an outline of your like uh, of the snorkel mask or whatever that you have on your face that, that's on the screen. So that kind of reminds me of Metroid Prime as well. And I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do a stream where I just like put the Metroid Prime soundtrack over over Subnautica because that's what I just keep thinking of. Mostly I. Mostly like the under the underwater the underwater levels or the um, Fendrana drifts is like the ones that I've been thinking of while I'm while I'm doing it. But yeah, it's it's really cool. I made a habitat. I made a vending machine finally, so I can get chips out of there and eat them. Which uh, it's since they're chips, they're salty, so it takes down your water intake. So you have to make more water. But yeah, a lot of it is like I said, it's survival. So you know you got to make food. You can make food out of the fish that you cut that you catch in the water. And you have to, and you can cook them or cure them depending on whatever, uh, whatever it is. So there's different, I, get different stuff because of it. I watched a little bit of your clip on Twitch cause I actually missed you last night just by like five minutes, I think. But, um, I watched part of your clip and to me, like, do you, so do they really gradually introduce the systems? Cause seeing you like a couple hours into your stream, I was kind of overwhelmed by all the resources management it kind of looked like you had to do yeah when i well when i first got it i was just like i'm like uh what the fuck do i do but i mean uh-huh. i felt like i kind of just like figured it out well i mean you're looking at the at the refabricator Did you have to google anything to figure out what to do or 
I've only Googled I've only Googled like a couple things. And well I, I Googled how to make a habitat just because I was like I thought it was more complicated than it actually is. So I did watch a video on how to make a habitat, but I just watched like the opening part of it because you have to put like a foundation first and then build it mm. on top of that. But it's but it'll like you know when you have your habitat builder, it'll you know the items will will glow like a green or, or green or red depending on whether you can build it there. So if it's green, you can build it. So I I got this I, I made this scanner room, which is basically like a thing that you can build that'll help you like scan the area better and it'll actually help you find stuff. So if you're like I need more copper. It'll tell you like where the copper is. It'll be like, I need more of this. It'll tell you where that is in the area. And you can actually upgrade it to like scan wider to scan more areas and stuff like that. And I couldn't understand where I was supposed to put the scanning room because it was, because I couldn't, because I had my foundation. I couldn't build it on the foundation because it's bigger than that. And I ended up figuring out that I had to build it like off of the foundation and build tunnels to it. But this is stuff I just figured out from playing the game. I didn't Google it at all. I just kind of figured it out. Because I did that same thing. I just did my re, my uh, my builder tool. I just kind of pointed it around until it was green. And then I just made it. And then I'm like, okay. Well, uh, well, actually, I made it on top of my habitat. Because I thought maybe I had to make a ladder to it. But that didn't work. But you can easily just take everything apart. And you get all of the items back that you used on it. You can disassemble it, and then you can reassemble it. And if you don't have all of the parts, you can also assemble like half of it, and it'll be there. And then you can get your stuff and go back and finish the rest of it. So it's not—I don't think it's too like overwhelming. You just kind of—you just got to get in there. You just got to go in there and just look around, you know, and see what you can find. And eventually, and and I think the refabricator will actually tell you what you need for specific things. Because there was, I remember like, because there, because there were a bunch of things where like, okay, you need rubber, and I'm like, well, how do I get rubber? And then the fabricator said like, oh, you got to get the creep vine, like the creep vine seeds, and I'm like, oh, well, I know where the creep vines are, so then I go and then I and I get it from there. So it's a lot of it's just kind of like trial and error, I guess, just like going into it and just messing around with stuff. But it's really cool. Like I said, it's like a uh, exploring a alien planet that's all water, and uh, it's like a. It's I don't know. It's like a more intense version of Absu, I guess, <laughs> but, but but much but much longer, you know. But it does it does have an ending. I, I looked up on how long to beat. They said it was like thirty hours. You know, I got got it for thirty bucks. I'm sure I'm going to play it longer than that because I think I've already played ten hours of it. But it's cool. Yeah, it's really it has really good music. Like the tone is amazing, and it's just kind of cool how you could just be like, oh, I'm swimming around. Everything it it even reminds me a little bit of like. Uh, the Blue Ocean kind of reminds me of the Wii game also, except for this one, you can die at any moment because there's monsters that kill you. But yeah, it's cool. I, I highly recommend it for anybody who's into that sort of thing. And there's different modes too. You can play it like there's a mode you can play it where you won't die or where you won't run out of air or whatever, and you can just swim around so that there's variations you can do to the game. And also when you start the game, it just loads everything at the beginning and then it'll never load again. So there's no load times whatsoever. The uh, now now the levels do kind of like create yourself, create themselves as you're like swimming around, but that's to be expected with the with like the power of the of the Nintendo Switch and all that stuff. You know where you'll kind of like you'll be going towards Let's something, and it'll kind of like look a little like not as detailed, and as you get to it, gets more detailed. But I didn't feel like the I didn't really have a whole lot of problems with the I didn't really have any problems with like runtime or anything like that. Occasionally it'll occasionally it'll like kind of skip a frame every once in a while, but it doesn't bother the gameplay for me at all. And I think it looks pretty great at a lot of times on Switch, and it's cool that it's running on there. 
I've heard that it runs. Some people say it looks better in uh, handheld, but I don't play in handheld, so I don't know. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I've been that's what I've been playing more than anything lately. Well, I'm definitely interested in that game. Keep my eyes on it. Yeah, I wish there was a, I wish there was a demo or something, but I could see I could see you getting into it because it does it is very it has like the same ideas of of Minecraft. Mm-hmm. But it has like an overarching story as well. Like I, like you basically, you know, you go and you can build stuff and collect resources or whatever. But also you'll get, you also get messages through your radio, like distressed calls. And then you go investigate where those are and you'll find more stuff from that. And I got to the point where they're like, where they're on the radio and they're like, oh, hey, you know, we're, we're going to come get you. Like, we're going to come get you in like, an, you know, at this time. And I'm like, all right. So I found this island and there's, they were going to land on the island. And I go to this island, and there's, like, this big, like, alien structure there, like, this big, like, you know, dungeon-looking thing. And, and and they're like, oh, we'll meet you at this time. And there's a counter on the game. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm like there's no way they're actually going to come and get me. I knew that because it was way too early in the game. Anyway, you, you sit on this island, and you see their ship, like, come into the atmosphere. And as it comes down, this alien structure, like, slowly churns into a gun. And then their no. and then their ship gets completely blown out of the air, and then you watch them die right in front of you. And I'm like, yeah, I figured that was going to happen. I was like, it's way too early for them to just come down and take me away, you know. So, so it, is that like, do you gather any of their resources, or does that just get blown to smithereens? Uh, you know what? I didn't look for it because it kind of like spread out all over the water there. But I could do that now. You're right. I might do that next time I play. I'll take my sea moth over there and see what I can find. Because I actually did the same thing. Like I, once I got the sea moth, I just started just just going to areas. Because with the sea moth, you can jump out and then jump back in and get your oxygen back. And then so you can go like way deep if you want to. Because some of this shit, like I've been like 600 meters under under like the surface so far, but it goes deeper than that. So I mean, it's. And it gets really dark down there too. So, but there's a flashlight you can make and shit like that as well. So, are there a lot of tunnels and stuff? Is it like Minecraft? In that oh yeah, there's there's caves. Going? I mean, there, there's well, I mean, there's yeah, there's like caves and biomes and stuff. I don't know. Did okay. did did you guys watch the Octopus Teacher that uh the the documentary that I won did. the Oscar this know. year? It kind of yeah. reminds me of that of that movie too because of uh because there's these little biomes with like creatures that do their own thing in there. I mean, there's not like an octopus down there that I'm in love with and I want to take out to dinner like that fucking guy, but you know, <laughs> but still it does remind me of that movie just because of the, some terms that I heard him talk about are used in this game as well, you know, to explain the little specific areas of, of the underwater stuff. And yeah, it's uh it's really cool. And it's, and everything seems so varied and, yeah, it's like this whole this this whole game is just all believe below the surface, and it's very it, it feels very much like an RPG in that aspect to me, where it's like you know it's like the first Dragon Quest. You basically you go out as far as you can go, trying to make enough money to get a new sword, and then you try to go out farther. You know, kind of like a, a lot of uh, Breath of the Wild feels in there as well, where it's like, well, let's go see what's over here, or let's see how far we can make it over here before we die, and that's kind of how. That's kind of how this game works as well, except for you want to not die as much because of losing shit and all that stuff. But, and you, and you, know, of course, you want to be like kind of like old Monster Hunter, too, where it's like, okay, well, I, if I'm going to go out here, I need to make sure that I have extra water and I have extra food or like a first aid or have enough space in my inventory to collect stuff there and, and, and things like that. So it's, uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it so far and I highly recommend it. So. It's too bad there's not like a dim demo or something you could you could tool around with, but it's cool. It very much feels like an underwater Minecraft with more of a direction, which is what I like. 
about it. So, and I thought it was kind of funny because Minecraft, you got to make like a room with a bed and all that stuff. I have yet to have a bed. Like, I don't know how to make a bed. So my character hasn't slept in like 50 days, I guess. <laughs> all the wild deep sea diving. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, I mean, or they have to eat whatever, you know, they're eating and drinking because you have to, to stay alive. But I know you can get a bed. I just, I don't know how to make one yet. So I, d- I don't have one, but my habitat's pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm, I like it. And, uh, was it my survey room? There's uh there were like these little cameras, these, uh, camera drones that would come out that you can like kind of search around the area without getting killed and there's this one fish that will come and take your camera drones like it'll come and attack your your survey area and it'll actually take them and go like hide them with this with it's like a dog it like takes it and like buries it with other metal shit that it found in the water and uh and this and this fuck so i like chased down this fish and i like was swiping it with my with my knife you know so it would go away and uh, and I and I brought the camera back, and I couldn't figure out how to get the camera drones to work again. So I did actually have to Google that. That was the other thing I had to Google, because I couldn't figure out why they wouldn't run. And it and it turned out that I didn't have enough power in my habitat, so I had to build like two more solar panels for the top of it. And now I can actually get them to work again. So there there are like some things you kind of ha- kind of have to like, you know, Google about it. But it's no it's nowhere. It's it's not like Monster Hunter Rise again, where you have to just like constantly look everything up to figure out what mm-hmm. it is. But but no, I, I could see you being really into it, Jeremy. It's a uh, I've been I've been having fun with it, and I'm I'm definitely gonna play it all the way through for sure. And I might I might play a I'll probably end up getting uh, the Below Zero one as well, even though I heard Below Zero is kind of more of feels more like DLC than a full game. That was the only thing that kind of like made me a little hesitant about it. But but if it's half as fun as Subnautic regular Subnautic is, then I'm in. But yeah, it's something I'll definitely be playing for a while because it is cool. But uh, we could talk about games I won't be playing for a while. <laughs> this is one that Jeremy and I both made it through. But I beat Pokemon Snap finally. Nice. And uh, that's what my quote was at the beginning of the episode was that really dumb line of dialogue from the end of the game. <laughs> the ending yeah, of the game is like, so what? dumb. So well, right, it's it didn't even. I don't know. It didn't seem like an ending with that lie. That lie was just like, okay, well, we're about to do something else. Then all of a sudden, the game was over. Yeah, it's like, well, well, you know why you're... They're like, I, the professor guys, he's like, I don't know why you can take all these pictures or why you can get so close to the Pokemon. And this other lady is like, well, you know why? It's well, because it's, you love Pokemon. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Well, it's like that moment all the different Pokemon <laughs> in the area come and like start huddling around you. They all pose like, oh, for the... I see why. Yeah. They, they all pose for the final picture before the credits. It's like, okay. But it was I, all worth it because all the Pokemon love you. Oh, yeah. It has very much a, very much like a Pokemon anime like ending there. But, you know, where it's like, oh, no, but it's the love for Pokemon and your love for Pokemon. That's the reason that everything works. I don't know. Honestly, Everyone I, else I, hates Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I uh, may not have even finished this game if I hadn't saw that you beat it. Because I thought you were... Oh, judging by what we were talking about last week, I thought you were pretty far behind me. And I knew I was close to the end. And then all of a sudden I see that you beat it. I'm like, what? I thought I was too. But I guess... May- and then I, I, uh, yeah, I, then I finished it within, and I think, less than 30 minutes. Like, like booted it back up. Yeah. I, uh, so I, 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 let me, I wanted to talk about the thing that I was stuck on because I, this, I think this is the same thing that you were saying last week, Jeremy, that you were stuck on. But, um, so 
you know, I couldn't progress. I, I kept like leveling up and nothing was happen happening. And you said it had something to do with a cave and a, and a creature mm-hmm. or whatever. Yes. So what I had to do, and this is so stupid, I had to Google it because I had no, I would have never figured it out. I had to ba- basically wake up this sleeping Pokemon that was sleeping on top of this glowing like bloom flower or whatever. And I had to scan the glowing bloom flower. And then they would give you bloom balls after that or whatever the fuck they're called. And uh, you have to throw it at this other Pokemon so it'll destroy this wall and that'll take me to another part of the level. That's what you had to do, right? I think I just did that. I think I bumbled my way through that one on accident. So I didn't that did, I didn't get stuck there. What, what happened for me was it was the, I think I want to say it's the reef level. Where you see the uh, the big whale comes up and spits the water at the other thing and like makes it fly away. It'll be a different Pokemon depending on what research level you are. But like the big whale comes up and anyway, right after that, oh, as you're like yeah. descending down into the depths, uh, it's the sea. I think it's the seafloor level. As you're descending into the depths, off to the right, there's a cave. I threw a um, whatever the hell the fruit's called, fluff fruit, into it. This uh, this Pokemon comes up. I can't remember which one it is, and you have to like get a picture of it. And, that's how I was able to progress in that level. Oh, because I don't think I ever did that. <laughs> so I do. Well, I think I needed to do that in order to get enough points to level up. To progress. Oh, okay. Like, because oh, okay. no matter how many times I would retake pictures of the same Pokemon, it wasn't advancing my score enough because I was already like, I guess not that I had like great scores, but I just wasn't like significantly raising my score to where I could like get to the next level. So by adding the extra Pokemon, I could take two or three different, you know, star pictures. I got one star, two star, three star. With those three, I was easily able to clear the level. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm sure I haven't seen all of the Pokemon that are in the game. But uh, I do remember there being like a cave and I couldn't figure out how to get anything come out of it. And I don't know if I ever did. But the main thing that I was stuck on was that, was that I had to... I had to move this Pokemon and I had to take a picture of this thing and then I had to get this thing and then I had to go back through and do this other thing. And mm-hmm. that was like, okay, this seems like really convoluted and I don't know how I would have ever figured this out, but that was kind of, that was kind of annoying. But then, it, but I, then see it, you've got, yeah. I see you've got the final level part here in your notes and that part was annoying the shit out of me too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So then that one, yeah. that one flower. Yeah. I know. I think I know which one you're talking about, right? The mm-hmm. one that's behind the, the, the whatever the, statue the titan mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. yeah so the second to last level that you get to is uh you basically kind of and this is the one that feels most like a ride i thought it kind of felt like the et ride or like the peter pan ride or or it's it's a small world whatever like the one where you kind of like go into this room and then you come down the room and there's like a temple in the middle and there's all these like these like four statues four or five statues around it and you have to throw that like shine ball or whatever it is that each at, at every little like um different flower to like illuminate the, the statues and if you do all the statues and then you hit another flower at the very end then a different then an entrance will open and you'll go to a different thing instead of just finishing it and i actually did this one time and it didn't work i did it hmm. and it opened and i'm like yes i don't have to go through the stupid level again but then it just exited. It didn't go Did to you, the other maybe level. You passed the uh, point where you would have. I don't think I was though. <laughs> I mean, because no, because I, I was right in front of it. I was like sitting right in front of it, looking at it, and my character just went right past it. And I'm like, uh. so that was I, really weird because yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't even make it for me. It didn't make any sort of indication when I did it right. I just like stopped. Well, I didn't stop moving, but my car just started moving really slowly at the end part. And I'm like, okay, well, what's happening? And then it's just slowly moving towards this slab. Yeah. It calls it a slab or a pedestal. 
you're just like, okay, why does this have to take 30 seconds? Like, there's literally nothing to look at or do while you're just slowly moving towards this rectangle. Oh, at the end where it's like, there must be something yeah. behind that guy. Like, what um, is but that? that la- yeah, that last flower. So I, I was actually relieved when I did figure it out because I didn't have to look online or anything. But I thought that maybe I was going to have to do hit the flowers at the end in a certain order. Because, oh, you know, yeah. You see all the different uh, crystal blooms from different parts of the, the world or whatever. And uh, I'm like, do I have to hit them in order of when I pass the statue of that color? And so I'm glad I didn't have to do that because that was that seems stupid to me but just hitting that last one where the stupid titans in the way just annoy the shit out of me and it's not even anything special you need to do to hit it you just have to get it at this really crappy angle like you find yeah i did uh, from this really dumb angle i did actually google like the I, i had to google the thing about the you know about waking up the pokemon or whatever but uh but that end part i did actually i was able to get all of them without looking anything up but then when i got it it opened up and I couldn't go to it, you know, so I had to go through and do it again. And I did it. I redid it like six or seven times. And I was like, okay, I hate this. Like I, I was, I was on the verge of rage quitting. And I was like, I was like, but I got to beat this game. And I had already, I'd actually already bought Subnautica, but I t- promised myself that I was going to beat Pokemon Snap before I play Subnautica. So I was like, oh. so it was basically like waiting. So I, so I had that on top of it also. I was like, well, I have to get through this. And then I'll play Subnautica. And I ended up playing Subnautica for like two seconds and then went to sleep after I'd finally made it through Pokemon Snap. But yeah, I was like, I got to get through this. I got to get through this. So I kept going through the same thing over and over again. And I figured out the I got the Turbo, which you said last week that you could only use it on stuff that you've gone through already. But you can use it on any level, depending I on whether you've been so. there or not. I barely have used it yeah. because I haven't needed to. Well, I used it a lot because I had to go through that second to last level so many times to try to get those, try to get all those things activated. So I was just like blasting through the level and, and just not taking pictures of anything and just trying to get to the end to unlock the next thing. And, uh, and if you go really fast at the very beginning, you'll actually run into one of those hound dooms and you kind of have to yeah. wait for it to move because you move so quick that you run into it. So it's just like, you're just standing there and it's just looking at you I and you're I like, remember that, something like that happening. Like, get out of the way. First, get out of the way. First snap. Yeah. Yeah. So since I had to do, cause I, cause I, I got it the first time it didn't work. And then that one, that one that's behind the, the rock guy, I was like, there has to be a better, I was like, there has to be an easier way to do this. So I, that's when I Googled it to be like, well, how do I get him to move? Because I'm tired of like missing that one every time, even though I did get it one time, but there has to be a better way to do it. And it turns out there isn't really. You just have to throw a bunch of shit at it until until the bird thing like leaves it and it starts mm-hmm. moving and then you can throw the thing behind it. It's just like hmm. It's just not it's just wasn't very fun. And I consider that a case of bad game design. Yeah. And then you and then you get to the end and you take pictures of Xerneas and then it's over. Spoilers. <laughs> this is basically what happens. I don't know. Yeah. I thought, like, as far as the Illumina Pokemon go, the hardest one was the moth, the like the pair of moths in the whole game. The fire moth thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the hardest one. Every other one was freaking easy. I guess, well... Well, there was the, the uh, one... There's the, the Geo... There's the rockworm thing. That one was kind of tough. Now yeah. That the rockworm was kind of cool, I guess, where you throw the, the, the fruits in the, in, in the different cave holes and, the, and it comes what out. What was it, and... Onyx? What was it? It's not an Onyx. It's um, but it, it but it's one of those it's newer versions of the Onyx. It's it's like Onyx, mm-hmm. but it's a new, newer generation version. Whatever I don't remember exactly. Steelix. Steelix. That was yeah, good. that's who it was. 
anyway, yeah. <laughs> I made it I'd through. I'd say as far as this game goes, like. <laughs> I made it through Pokemon Snap. Finally. It really seemed, yeah, it really seemed compelling in that first level when you were seeing all the Pokemon interact with each other. And it kind of made you think you were going to see a lot more of that in the game. And I don't really think that there might be one or two cases per level, but it's not quite like the, I don't know. Like you, when you see the, the little duck guys like laughing at the magic carp flopping around, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, this is going to be great. I'm going to see all these Pokemon acting crazy with each other. And I'm going to see all these, you know, see all these unique scenarios where they get close to each other and they interact. And I was kind of disappointed. There wasn't more of that. Um, I mean, I kind of feel like it kind of feels like as the game progresses, you just kind of fly through the levels quicker. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every level does have like somewhere where they interact with each other. But I think my major problem is, is just like how it was like, just the kind of the structure of some of the stuff is just annoying. Like, like how I was stuck there. It's like, because I felt like I don't don't remember being stuck on the original one. I felt like the original one was just like, find the Pokemon and take pictures of, I don't know. It didn't seem as smooth, I guess this time through but i'm kind of i'm in the same position as you were from what i saw in the notes is that i'm just i'm going to give it a break for a while and see if i want to come back and play it later you know that's basically how i feel yeah cuz there's like a new I can't, what is it, the reef or there, one of the places they uh, there's a different time you can go oh the now. the night beach level is that it uh, there's something that it's you not, unlock well, after the i already got the, the night beach but yeah it's yeah. something like that yeah I think our, it's the night Day reef or night reef. Oh yeah, I already went to the night beach too. Yeah, there's something that you unlock after you beat the game, but I was like, I'm like, I don't need to go there. But I, I have in my notes that I don't give a shit enough to go play it <laughs> since I saw the credits. So yeah, that's really how I feel about Pokemon Snap right now. I'm yeah, done with that game. I it's did, not quite as emphatic as like you know Paper Mario, but it's a similar kind of thing. I I did like take some more pictures for sweets. I I didn't look at where they were at right now, and I'm not gonna, but. But I, I did I did find some weird looking pictures of like Pokemon like smiling and stuff. So I just started just mm-hmm. quoting lines from Batman and putting them on there. Like one of them says like never rub another man's rhubarb and stuff like that. <laughs> so I wanted to see if I so I did make some more pictures and put them up for sweets. But that's but that's about all I did. So but yeah, I'm 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 just I figured I was like I'll take a break from it for a while. Maybe someday in the future I'll be like, hey, you know what? I want to take some pictures of Pokemon, and I'll do that for like one day, and then I'll take another break again. I don't know. Maybe there'll be some DLC or something. Yeah. But as of right now, what is it like? We got like 20 hours out of it for 60. I I mean, I'd give it like a, what, 7 out of 10, probably, from yeah, my review of it, I guess. Yeah, 6 and a 7 for me. I don't yeah. think the 8s would... I don't like the 8 as a... I just think it had a lot of potential at the beginning, and then the more you play it, the more you feel like they... We're just padding it so that people couldn't say they beat it in one sitting. I don't. Yeah, it did. It did kind of feel like a lot of padding in there. So I. I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. I would love for them to add some free stuff later. That'd be cool. But as of right now, it's just kind of like, hmm. Okay, that was that game. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of in between, I guess. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that it was a complete waste of time or money. I'm just kind of like, huh. That was that. I guess that's kind of. It was an experience more than a game. It was an experience. Yeah, it wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. But yeah, that's that's it for my stuff. Cool. Well, yeah, I can kind of get I can get through my section pretty quick here. I uh, tr- did try the enhanced demo of Hitman Three, and I think I want to buy this game, but I think it's kind of dumb on their parts that they they keep making this ten minute limit on it because you don't have time to do anything, especially if you're trying to figure out the systems, and it makes you do like everything you know start from the beginning. So it has, I think, what is it, Tel Aviv, the level that's in this one where you're where you're uh, entering on like you know the way at the top part of the skyscraper 
And I mean, it's beautiful. Like I was like marveling at like the reflections on the side of the building of like the hot air balloons and stuff. Like it looks really cool. But every time I play the demo, I'd have to restart doing all that part again. And I don't know. That was kind of annoying. So right. They actually, I, so they kind of come out with, they came out with a, a new sort of demo this week, which sort of cures that. I, I guess maybe a lot of people were experiencing the same thing. So what they're doing now is they're letting you experience one whole DLC mission. Oh, really? Whether you, yeah, whether you have oh, the, the real game or, or not, you can try this uh, DLC mission. Okay, oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm I'll definitely gonna do that. Yeah, I'll definitely play that then, because yeah, I when you said like ten minutes, I'm like, uh, I don't want to do that. Uh, one one thing that I think is really annoying, and this and this counts for both of the cloud games that are on here. What's really annoying is on the eShop, it just shows up as a free download. So like, mm-hmm. if these games go on sale. The only way for you to find out if they're on sale is to like go into the game and then get yep. blocked and then go look at the price. And that that's fucking stupid for anybody who wants to get it on sale. It's like if you're if you aren't like following the eShop updates like every fucking week and you can't even do it through your system, how are you even gonna know? What if it goes on sale for like thirty bucks and you wanna get it? It's like you're not gonna check it every day and go in there and wait till you get like knocked back and you know, like I find that really incredibly annoying. At the top of it, on the icon, you know, free download, but the game itself is on sale. Yeah, they need what the price is. They need to have the actual price of the game in the eShop because it doesn't, because it actually works through the actual. So that's a major problem. So you don't, you know, you can't like market. You you can't do what I normally do, where you mark a game and then you get an email when it's on sale. It doesn't work like that because it doesn't have the price in the eShop. So. That's really stupid, too. So it's like, how am I supposed to, aside from like maybe catching it through a Twitter update from the company or something like that, how am I going to fucking know, you know, if I, because I would get it, I would get it on sale for sure, but I would, how would I ever know if it was on sale? I don't know. The demo DLC mission they have on now is called the icon. And it's really, it was one of my favorite levels so far, actually, where you're on a movie set and you're, you have to kill the director. Oh, and it's yeah. like this big sci-fi action movie, so everything's all bombastic, and there's explosions mm-hmm. everywhere and stuff. And it's just a very interesting scenario, which I get, again I think hints at how they designed this game. They're like, what scenarios would it be cool to sneak around in? And hey, a movie set—that's an ideal location. And it turned out to be a great mission. You- that one's available until uh, May 23rd, and then they have another one coming up after that. Oh shit! Well, I'll have to play that then. Is it? Yeah. Um- can, can can you like kill grips and stuff like do you have to like do you have to like make yourself look like a look like a gaffer or a grip or whatever to get to a different yeah part? i mean like, you can kill anybody but you you have to dress up in different costumes one actually you did have to dress up as a, a gaffer at one point so you gotta like yep. just put some clips on your face and you're like walking you around that? with a microphone and, <laughs> and a, the shirt of the movie yeah i was gonna say how do you uh how do you dress up like a grip like just uh I don't know, just put some C-47s on your on your shirt and be like, hey, okay, carry some electric tape or something. <laughs> yeah, no, that would, that would be fun to play. I definitely want to check that out. I do. And the yeah, one they have after that is called The Black Hat, which that one will run from uh, June 4th until June 13th. But if you want to play that, the icon, you have until May 23rd. Oh, wow. So that's like, so we got like four days as of, and for anybody who's listening to this, that's actually gonna be like two days for you yeah because this will be up on friday so you have till monday of next week to play it so you do have the weekend at least to get through that so there you go well that's definitely uh i was going to complain a little bit more about the demo but if they're giving us that then that's totally what i was going to say i just want more time to get used to the mechanics because that's the fun part of this game from what i'm hearing from you john and 
It's but, not watching the intro of the of the scene over and over again, trying to get to the point where I can do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the immersion of it, and ten minutes is not enough to really get immersed in this game. Nope. Yeah. I would I would recommend again the the since you have the PS4, get the PS4 version just to avoid any cloud hiccups. There's no difference between the two, and other than that, so you if can you get the PS4 version. That might be better, but it's not portable. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on yeah. It depends on how you want to do it because uh, I just prefer to play stuff on my Switch just because I do. Just I just play stuff on Switch. I, I, I of all the systems, the Switch is just the cleanest, most easy to like boot up and use. Like, yeah, for true. sure. There is that. I have my PS4 hooked up to my TV in my office now, and I'm still just like got to turn it on and switch the source yeah. and wait for it to load. And, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. You don't you don't keep it in rest uh, mode. No. If you keep your PS, I, my PS4 is in rest mode all the time, so I just hit the button and it's there. It is. So it doesn't yeah, take that long to restart. Well, the other thing is that my controller battery dies really fast, which I probably need uh, okay. to replace it. But uh, yeah, the PlayStation Four for me has just been kind of a crapshoot. I mean, it was fun for a few games, but I'm not. not it's not to say I'm not playing it. Which actually I was going to bring up next. I have been playing a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn because Didn't that's you? a free download, or it was a download as of. I'll say, didn't you buy that game though? I did buy it, and then I loaned <laughs> it to a friend, and they still have it. And oh, okay. It's not like I've been missing the game. I'm just like, whatever. I know where it is. I don't care. I don't really care to play it. But then when it was a free download, I was like, well, I'll just download it, and then I don't even have to worry about getting the game back now. I mean, maybe I will eventually, but and this is free let for. Let me e- continue my save file. Yeah. Is it free for everybody or just PlayStation it Plus? Or it was. I, I'm not sure how much more time is on it, but yeah, yeah. it was. Free. It's I mean, called I, like the yeah. stay at home initiative or something like that. Oh, okay. They're just trying to get people to play games at home. So they give you a free game. It's a cool game. I mean, Trey, you told me that you had read somewhere that it was inspired by monster hunter. And the, you know, it's been like three years since I played this. Well, for even closer to four years at this point, because it was right after breath of the wild came out that I got my PS4. But, uh, and I guess I just was overwhelmed by over, like open world games at the time i just i couldn't handle it but now that i'm going back to it i'm seeing like this is definitely monster hunter you're killing these robots that are wandering the landscape like kind of the story of this is it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic thing i think but all the robots have become like wild like the wild the robots are feral yeah they're like uh, robot dinosaurs right kind of they're (laughs) self-replicating yeah and so you're going around and you have to you know, kill them and then use their parts to make other stuff. So there you go. That's how it's like Monster Hunter. I yeah, I don't know if I heard it on a podcast or, but but yeah, the 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 developers themselves said that it was inspired heavily inspired by Monster Hunter. So because I remember mentioning it to somebody at a party somewhere and they didn't believe me, and then I looked it up and I was like, no, they did actually say that. They straight up said it, but I think I, I heard an interview with them or something like that. But yeah, it was. They were going with the idea of Monster Hunter, but more of like a story-driven, you know, open-world type thing. So, I'm sure you can see some similarities in there. But, but I when I uh, booted the game up, I had no freaking clue where, what I was doing. Um, and it said I had like tw- something like 12 hours of gameplay time. So I've put a little bit of time into this back in the day, and then just stopped. And so I'm standing at the gate of this town talking to this guy, and there's a lot of dialogue in this game, and that's kind of just still feeling really overwhelming to me. Like, I don't know if I can handle as much dialogue. Skip like, it. It's literally just skip through it, skip it, but it just goes back and forth still. And you're just, and the character models are very, and especially since this game's like four years old now, 
very uncanny valley like at the time i'm sure they looked great and it still looks good don't get me wrong but all these zoomed up pictures of people talking and then trying to do the lip syncing to the the words and stuff like it just it's really weird to look at after a while and i kind of just wish like you said i wish i could just completely skip hit a hit a button hold down a button whatever it takes (laughs) skip all the dialogue have you know like monster hunter is an example of a game like this but Let's just go to the missions where it tells you exactly everything you needed to know. Oh, yeah. And I can look at it later on and be like, oh, well, this is the dialogue I skipped. But instead, now it's a paragraph I can read. Sure. And I like that a lot better. I mean, um, you can do, you can I mean, you can do that in some games. I know Bravely Default, you can do that. Like if you like if you uh, skipped a cutscene or you don't remember what happened in a cutscene, you can go back and read it in the menu later. Like read the dialogue if you want to try to figure out where you're going or whatever. Some RPGs do that where they let you read over old conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. Uh, so while I had the PS4 booted up though, I did check out to see if Hitman three was cheaper and it's still full price on the PS4 right now, or at least at the moment. So um, I, st- I think it's, I think I'm going to get it eventually. It seems like I really liked whatever the one was on 360, like the, Hitman and Absolutioner. I can't remember what Blood it was. Blood Money, I think. It was the one after Blood Money. Hmm. There was it was Blood I Money forget. and there the the one after that's the one I played the most and it was it was super fun and I really enjoyed it. So um I think I'll play but, it three eventually. Although now they do have a new performance mode on the Switch. So which I only tried about fifteen minutes of. I so I can't really judge if it was better or worse, but so I guess maybe that does something to negate the cloud issue. So if you did want to get it on on Switch, I mean, you could. There's that to consider too. Whenever, whatever I do, get around to getting it. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, maybe I'd, I'll have a 4K TV by then, and I'll want it for on the PS4 for that reason. Wait, my PS4 doesn't output in 4K, so that doesn't matter. I, I mean, it it, it really doesn't. It really doesn't matter. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess it it doesn't. The PS4 doesn't output in 4K. I don't think natively. I think that's the PS4 Pro. Oh, okay. I'm start having the because I mean. I, I, I yeah I have a 4K TV and I do no, it. I do notice a difference of of my switch between like being in here and being in the other room and it does well, look, the TV upscales yeah. it yeah itself. it does look better through the upscaling of that but I guess I and I was like I I thought playing the PS so I guess I don't know what 4K ness actually looks like <laughs> you know so and maybe I never will <laughs> and, until the Switch Pro comes out which and maybe by the time yeah, yeah by the time my time eyes are going to be good enough to distinguish the pixels anymore because <laughs> um, you won't get a 4k tv for the next like 40 years <laughs> I, i'm gonna get one this fall i think they're cheap i mean they're pretty cheap i got mine for like 400 dollars. i mean i really have to i don't have to but my tv in my living room is definitely on its last legs so yeah it, it's not just a, a matter of wanting a new tv it's that the other one's gonna I mean, die i have probably. other one yeah, yeah exactly it needs replaced yeah our other one um, was just so small that we needed a new one and it was just it was perfect because i got it right before the fucking pandemic happened yeah <laughs> and just thanked me many many a times for getting that tv because now we have a we had a well, 60, your 60 inch tv enjoy having the tv too then <laughs> yeah that definitely justifies it because yeah i could see like buying a big tv and getting getting grief from a partner and wasting money but if they like it too, then you did the right thing. No, she was happy that we got a new TV because she didn't, you know, we didn't realize how much time we were going to be spending together watching TV, you know, because of the pandemic. So it was really nice to have a nice new TV right at the beginning of it. Speaking of partner, uh, I played Mario Party with Shauna. We played a round of it a couple of days ago. 
because she wanted to kind of learn the, the mini games. I think she's played get a run through we, we once before yeah yeah but we played it here in years you, yeah. you guys played it when you were here but yeah but when was that like how long ago was that so i mean years ago yeah at least two two plus years ago but it's just not as fun with the, the computer i mean we got through it you know i got first place she got second place obviously by the end of it we knew what we were doing we were playing on easy mode but so it was fun i think it's it, i'm just really looking forward to playing with people so later on today at some point we're gonna do that it's going to be cool. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll feel a little more ready for it since we've played. M- Monster Hunter update. I have four out of the five missions completed in the level seven hub. So I don't see any reason why I wouldn't finally be able to say, I, whatever, beat it. Got to the got to the other big bad next week. It, it riding on or thing riding on a Magnum Allo, whatever. <laughs> it, almost, it almost fits perfectly. <laughs> Monster Hunter or not Monster Hunter. Martian Manhunter might fit better. Um, <laughs> nice he's, he's gigantic I will say I'm not dying that often anymore like I'm not getting carded usually when I lose a mission it's because someone else gets carded uh, I did. I do once in a while but I've gotten really good at keeping myself you know stocked up on stuff all my armor is maxed out all the armor I do have um, that I can make is maxed out and I've got the best weapon I can have right now as far as with the resources I have. So I've done what I can to like be as strong as possible. And then I've also noticed, I don't know if it's just that I'm getting more, you know, higher level people joining me on my missions, but I'm getting buffed a lot more than I used to. Like they're healing me. They're, they're giving me a, which we talked about it before, but the, the earplugs. Oh yeah. So, the, so, uh, cause so I remember when, early yeah. on we were playing, we were like, we wish there was a way where you wouldn't get stunned when the monster would like growl or whatever, but there yeah. is a way it's the earplug spell. And so, uh, or whatever it is, I don't know if it's the, the is, is it through the is the it through the weapon? Yeah, I was gonna say, is it through the music weapon? It is a music weapon. So I've been having like a lot of missions. A music person's been joining, and it's freaking awesome. They're like they're the healer, they're the buffer. So uh, that makes matches a lot more fun because I'm not as worried about like, you know, when I get knocked back, I'll go right back. You know, I'll z- zip right over to the monster again with the. Uh, uh, the wire bug, wire bug instead of like zipping away from it to heal. And so I can just kind of like go right back into fighting, knowing that I'm going to get healed by my buffer friend. So that's kind of nice when that happens, but you still don't know. Like there was one mission where I couldn't find the monster. It was really annoying me, but I couldn't figure out how to get to like this plateau where everybody was oh, like yeah. two people left. And I don't know if it's because of me like taking too long <laughs> to get there, but two people left persons. And I got there. And then when I got there, yeah, like I, two people got carded right away so it was really annoying so yeah i i'm almost done with monster hunter again but yeah i definitely got back into it this week after taking a break the last couple of weeks i probably played two or three hours this week in this game yeah i was Uh, hoping that we'd be able to play some multiplayer of it today so yeah that's what i would would like to do for sure especially with the magnamalo layered armor from the amiibo so yeah i uh i guess i didn't mention it before but yeah i hooked up some stuff to, my PS4 is hooked up and stuff, and I wanted to hook up some other stuff in my office, so I rearranged it a little bit. And I really like how I have it set up, and it's kind of funny that I'm about to move, and I just kind of like <laughs> finally got it got how you want it—a pretty optimal, yeah, setup that I just kind of like envisioned the other day, and then I made it work. Where I have all my retro stuff that I want to play hooked up, and my TV. Well, I can show you. Hold on, maybe I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can't see anything. <laughs> the, That's the, my. There's the sun, oh. and it's oh, you can't see anything. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got my TV here, and then my monitor's above it. 
Oh, okay. So now I can, now I've just got all my screens, you know, right here. Oh, cool. That's, it's blurry, but, uh, and I can hook it up to hopefully do some capture. I hope to do some capture of the analog systems. But yeah, the reason why, the big reason why I did this setup is because my goal was to be able to play some PlayStation 2 and Wii games without standing up. I just want to do it from where I am. <laughs> so this week I went back, I went to disc replay. It was actually yesterday. I went into disc replay, you know, on a whim because I was had to go to the grocery store. And I found these. I, f- I found two of these. Guitars. Nice. They're, they're the original PlayStation 2 Guitar Hero controllers. Oh, and cool. They're in really, really good shape. Like, like, like every, I, the first every... thing I did was like the whammy bar. The whammy bar is like nice and tight. It's not scratched up at all. It looks freaking brand new. Oh, wow. Um, I've never seen that. Bucks. never seen that red one. That's, that's one this with was the, the red... one that came out with two. Oh really? Okay. But if you bought the bundle of two. Oh yeah, I, I got the bundle. Hard. I got the bundle with one, so I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I had the black one. Let's see. Hold on. There's the other. I think this one's either from the Beatles or the Aerosmith one. I can't remember. I think that's the Beatles because that had the Aerosmith one. Well, the Beatles one this was one's, well. This Beatles one's a little was a, more worn in, but it's still in great shape. The Beatles one was Rock Band, though it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Guitar Hero. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it says red octane and everything on it, so I don't know. I'm not sure. It was a st- it was a special edition one, but and the Aerosmith, I bought both of them. Yeah. And the Aerosmith one came out when when uh when red octane were well, no it, okay no yeah so it would have been red octane. I was gonna say it wasn't harmonics that was on it when the Aerosmith one came around. But actually, I bought the Aerosmith one for my ex girlfriend, and I think that I don't remember the guitar looking like that. So I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Oh, whatever. Needs to say maybe I need to do some research, but I got I have two OG. Guitar Hero controllers, and I'm ecstatic about it because if we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but as Guitar Hero advanced, lag became a problem. But the now, wireless yeah. controllers kind of started to become a problem. Well, and, and the some, HD TVs, I think more than right. anything, was the, was the problem for me. So I bought. They also had Guitar Hero One and Two. Yeah. So you, now I, I thought, could play. I thought Guitar you had those Hero. already. Yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, I've lost them with time. Now I can play Guitar Hero 1 and 2 on CRT with a PlayStation 2. You know, there's nothing at all. Nothing can mess up the rhythm now. So pure. It's so pure. It is so perfect. I've been loving it. I've I've played several hours just since yesterday. And uh, Now you can play it correctly. Yes, and it's great. So (laughs) I literally can sit here where I am, and I can play Guitar Hero 1 through 4 without getting out of my seat because I've got my new guitar over here, too, just just sitting off to the side. So yeah, without without getting off my ass, I can play any Guitar Hero song from one to four. You better believe I was playing those indie songs on Guitar Hero One uh, because I just put in the code to unlock everything. Yeah, yeah, you don't got. I mean, that'd be you don't got to go through and do everything. Also, I can't find my PlayStation Two memory card, so that's kind of a bummer. I know I have one, but um, until I find that, I can't play the game the traditional, you know, mission. Oh, you can't save it. Oh, you mean? Oh, yeah, your PlayStation Two memory Mm -hmm. card. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a memory card in there, but I forgot that's my PS1 memory card because I was trying to play Chrono Cross. Uh, but yeah, uh, it just feels really cool having the PlayStation 2 and the Wii hooked up and ready to rock at any given time. And uh, Guitar Hero, I, I, I made sure I was just going to buy the one guitar. And then I'm like, why would I do that? You know, I haven't seen these. And I got online like you could find these for 30 bucks online, but you don't really know for sure what condition they're going to be in until, you you know, they're in your hand. So. I think I got a really good deal. I might have overpaid a little bit for Guitar Hero One. That one was seventeen bucks, but it's complete in box. It's in great shape. It has you know 
the manual and everything. So for what, whatever, I mean, I'm just glad to have it again. So my thought was maybe that somebody just came in and like unloaded all their guitar hero stuff because those two guitars were there. Then yeah, the two games and there's some other ga- rock band games and stuff that were in like the, there's like a new a section that they'll put stuff before they like put it out on the floor. It'll just like up towards the front. It's like an end cap where it's like, I don't know, like stuff they haven't incorporated into the, the new, store yet. New, new arrivals kind of. Right, right. And that's where all the Guitar Hero stuff was. So I might have gotten there like right as they purchased the stuff and I just got lucky. But yeah, so the two guitars and the two games with tax were about 90 bucks. And I thought about it for about five minutes, kind of wandered <laughs> around looking at stuff. And I'm like, you You're know like, what? I'm going to regret not buying this in the future if I don't just grab it now to, to have it. You're like, I need it. I need this. I I really did. I mean, I'm already like thinking ahead about having friends over that I used to play these games with all the time back in the day and, you know, be able to be like, hey, look, we're playing this like we remember it. We're playing it on analog TV and these guitars are in pristine condition. Like the guitars we were using were pretty beat up by the end of the Guitar Hero craze. Yeah. So it's I, nice to have some freshies. I know. I know. Uh, I know. Justin and I would play would play guitar with you for sure, because we, we actually tried. Like when we around the time we first started dating Jess and I, we were like talking about Guitar Hero, and then we went home and tried it, and just wasn't the same. Also, we hadn't played in a while, and we sucked, and we were kind of drunk. But also, the HD, it just never, it was never right, you know. And you have it right, so there you go. So I think a a, a long term goal for me, and it doesn't have to be anytime soon. It's getting a, a little bit bigger of a of a CRT, but I, it's there's no hurry because this TV is fine for the for what it. What I play, use it for, it looks great. And Guitar Hero is fine on this TV. You can see everything just fine. But it'd be cool to eventually have like one of my one of my dreams or whatever is to have like a music game corner where it'll just permanently be set up in my house somewhere where you just go there and play. Yeah, and you have your have your 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 plastic drum set will always be set up there or something. Right, right. Uh, uh, Why am I forgetting the name of the 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 bongo game on with DK Donkey Konga? Donkey Konga. I don't know why I forgot the name of that. Yeah, have Donkey Konga hooked up. Maybe Samba de Amigo. <laughs> yeah, just have all that stuff hooked up in a corner, and and it'll, that'll be music corner. So yeah, that's that's a goal of mine. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I said that my that I've been killing my wrist since '05, and that was it. That's the I figured uh, that was what it was. Hero reference. Yeah. So I, I got to say, for my pick of the week, I, I'm the original Guitar Hero. It's just been it's been a blast. Well, since uh, I mean, a trip playing it. Since you're learning guitar. You have to be like the the elite guitar hero player that plays with a pick. Is what you need to do. Do you remember that? <laughs> you do know, you, do you remember the elites that played with the pick? I, I knew a couple of them. I luckily never ran into those people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a friend, you know, when I, I lived with him when Guitar Hero Two came out, and uh, he's just a phenomenal guitarist. He's just an amazing guitarist, and he had a hard time with Guitar Hero. I think. In some ways, people that are really good at guitar have a harder time playing it because it's well, not, it's not like, like it at all. Yeah, it's not, it's not like really. It's what guitar. people think it's like, but it's not. You know, I've been learning guitar. Well, guitar's not just not. pressing buttons. Uh, it's not four buttons, and that's all the that's all the chords. I thought that was what it was. I'd say one the string. most. Uh, there, <laughs> yeah. There's a couple things. So the rhythm, of course, that's good to have. I think that translates, and and also in like learning songs, like. It's been years since I played any of these, but I'm remembering like the picking pattern and stuff or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Yeah. Because that's just like ingrained in my head. So that kind of thing, I think, is something that you can transfer your guitar. And then also, as you're like 
pressing the buttons when you like move around and you have to readjust how your fingers are doing things. That's important with guitar too. You have to be able to like kind of reprogram your, your like home base, your home row or whatever with your fingers as you like move up and down the neck. So it's similar to that, but it's just four buttons in one spot. So it's not really at all. But if I was going to make kind of a stretch to say it was like real guitar, but you know, one of the biggest uh, artists in the world right now, post Malone, supposedly he got into music because of guitar hero and now he's huge so it could happen to you too play guitar hero so young what was he five when it came out uh he's pretty young so he might i, yeah, I don't know any, i don't know anything about post malone aside from really bad tattoos get, get started on your face tattoos <laughs> get started now buy a sharpie figure out what you want to look like ahead yeah. of time uh yeah that's pretty much it for me uh what oh i have this ska shores on here if you if you like ska which listen to ska shores one person does, ska shores. we we met yeah, one yeah. we met the first ska fan here i'm kidding is it, I, i've seen you talking about ska all the time it's one of those things that uh i was into it's, in it's, high school and has aged about as well as milk but you know that's what some people say i don't know i like <laughs> I, I think the message of it is important for the times we live in now it's a very anti-racist inclusive music at, at its origin and so it's a really good thing right now a lot of the a lot of the bands I'm seeing that are kind of uh, championing it, championing it, bleh, that are behind ska is because of its inclusivity. And um, I've just seen a lot of bands that have like trans members and stuff. And in fact, there's a band called We Are the Union, who the guy who did the Ska Shores record, he's from that band. And they're like super pro trans and their songs are about that. So yeah it's really cool that that ska's being used as a vehicle for this these this kind of messaging and it sounds great too you know i love it so i mean it has been shores though it's just it's an animal crossing themed ska record i I recommend checking it out if you just want some easy listening ska so it's a so Uh, it's kk ska but yeah over and over again through the whole thing kk ska's on there there's a they (laughs) do more ska like 100 percent more ska (laughs) it's not all ska you know it's it's Oh, it's just saying that word so many times. Um, <laughs> it's already, I've already heard it too many. A no. lot of it sounds more like, you know, like a Samba or, or maybe not a Samba. Like there's, just, there's definitely different types of different genres on this album. It's yeah. not just ska, but yeah, there's totally a ska core song. KK metal sounds like something like Link AE would have played or something. So yeah, yeah, um, I'm into it and I highly recommend it. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple music. It's just more animal crossing music. I'm always yeah. down for that. I mean, it's, you know, Scott, Scott's already always been kind of uh, about like I went to Scott against racism in the 90s and mm-hmm. like 97. So they've always been doing stuff. It's just it's just and the actual Asian man, man records was founded by the, a guy from Skink and Pickle. Yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure the I'm sure the lyrics are great. But for me, it's too it's too closely linked to uh, reggae, which is my least favorite music of all time. So, well, that's fair. That's fair. So it's a, I mean, there's only, I, I like uh, what's it slapstick. I still like them, but they're more punk than mm-hmm. Scott. So, I mean. It's in the horns. I just can't take. I, like the, I just can't take, I like, I can't take uh, the horns anymore. Who's <laughs> uh, the band before Rancid? We used to Got say. Him. I remember. Well, Jeremy and I years ago when we used to hang out and listen to music. Op Ivy. Op Ivy's. We awesome. used to say that horns ruined every, ruined anything, but I don't feel that way anymore. I've I've, <laughs> I've gone full circle on horns, and I've yeah. really started to like a lot more funk and stuff like that that has brass in it. Yeah, it depends. I like Sublime. It depends. Oh my god, I hate that I, band. Sublime is fine. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm did, okay with them. Did you know I, I don't that love them, but I'm okay with them. They found a new singer, I guess, because they're playing at Riot Fest. So 
Yeah, they've been, they've been playing with a different. They've singer, had so a, they've had a different singer. Pretty for much years. most of the time they've existed because he's been dead longer than they've existed like by far. I mean, that's the most I ever knew about him aside from annoying songs from the nineties. But uh, but let's uh, why don't we take a break and then we'll come back and talk about the rest of the stuff. Talk more about Sublime. Talk more about ska. <laughs> we'll listen to OC Supertones' first album in its entirety. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Nintendo main expansion pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. Ah! Ah, patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Game over. So we're back from break. What's going on, John? Well, I got my 8-Bit Doe Pro 2 that I ordered the other week. It's right here. And I love it. This you, is a great you controller. You're right. Let me... Uh, I, I got I to gotta tell you something. I ordered a new one myself right after you told me about it. So it's actually yes. going to be here tomorrow because of a main thing that you told me about, which you can tell the show right now. What does it do differently than the other 8-Bit Pros don't do? Button mapping. Big new feature. Yeah. So you can sign any button to 
any other button that you want. Uh, you have multiple profiles. You can do three profiles for each of the four different systems that it supports. It supports Switch, uh, the Android, Windows, and Mac. However, you, you, can't, you actually can't do the button mapping for Mac, but for the other three systems, you can. Of course you can't. Uh, <laughs> you can't do right. anything for Mac. <laughs> but it still works for the Macs, and, and I use it, and it's great. But the thing that you were referring to is that you can, in fact, invert the Y-axis or the X-axis yes, on you can. either of the yeah. analog sticks. And that and that was the main reason that I got it, because, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Now I don't have to worry about... Now I don't have to worry about uh, it not being inverted in games. I can say "fuck you" and I and my controller will always be inverted. I can That's right. Raise my middle finger to the world of video games and say, "Ha! You can't change me. I will. I will always be inverted. Don't try to push me on your young, young and ways. Try to try to make it non non inverted. I can just be inverted forever. No, actually, I mean that's great because like the the past two first person shooter games that I got didn't have didn't have like the uh the whole like inverted play and i'm like ah, i can't play these games so now if i can have a controller that will just forever be inverted i'm yep. down so i bought another one even though i already have two other 8-bit do pros that was the main thing is i'm like i need this because it will make still my, only 50 bucks it'll make they're my not, they're yeah, not even, yeah they're not even charging more than the previous version and they're adding so much more so it's a fantastic controller. I'm intrigued by the button mapping feature on the phone. I think that's freaking cool that you can just like use your phone. To yeah, there's an oh, yeah. yeah, there's an app. Talk about that for a while. Yeah, if you guys like, you know, we can do some screen sharing. I can show you the app. Sure. All right, I'm sharing now. All right. So here's the app. And I've got my controller here. I'm going to turn it on real quick. Turn it on, pressing the start button, and you'll see it pop up. There it is. So now it's telling me to click the home button, which is in between the two analog sticks to start using the software. And that's what you see when you open up the app. And I'll go to button mapping. And you can see I'm pressing the different buttons and they'll light up as I press them. See the back of the controller. There's two more buttons here. I don't know if that was on the previous edition of the controller, but there's two uh, buttons for your middle fingers on the back here. And then when you want to see all the different settings that I have here, this is, this is just for the switch. So you can see at the bottom of the screen on the left-hand side, it's, there's a controller, and then there's the two Joy-Con icons showing that I'm a switch, on the switch mode, and I'm currently using the inverted uh, Y on R is what I called it. So I can test out all the buttons on here, and I can show you on the sticks where you invert. You just click these sliders, so now I've turned it off. I can turn it back on again. And when you make a change, there's a little button down here that says Sync to Controller, and it's as easy as that. You just hit the sync button, and now that profile is saved to your controller. If I want to go to a different uh, controller mode, say I want to work on the uh, Windows configuration, I slide the button on the back over. You're going to see it starts over again, pops up. I hit the button on the middle of the controller, and now I'm on the Windows version. You can see the Windows logo on the bottom left corner. Same thing. So it's as easy as that. That's pretty much all there is to it. Cool. Real simple, easy to use interface. Cool. We're back. All right, we're back. Okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's really cool. It's uh, yeah, it seems to be. It's cool. Yeah, I think that. I think I want one. <laughs> I think I want to buy one. <laughs> so, is it connecting to your phone through Bluetooth? Because I didn't see a yes. Bluetooth icon. Okay, I didn't see a Bluetooth icon. So on, yeah, on the top of the controller, there's the pair button, uh -huh. and I forget what the process was exactly to pair it to the phone, but it was real simple. Just hold. I think I just held the button for three seconds, and it popped up on my phone. It should be pretty easy to do it like once it's paired to your phone once, right? You could just hit that button and it'll just automatically 
pair to the phone again? Like, like how easy is it to like switch stuff on the fly? Like the very, the stuff it's just the, a matter yeah. of on the back of the controller, there's this switch here. Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing to switch it to see it's on S now. That's the switch mode. Yeah. And then you just pop it over there to whichever one you want, Android or Windows. And that's that. And then for switching the profiles, it's this button here. It's a middle one. The middle. Yeah. And then these little, you can turn it on so it actually light up. I have to turn my switch on to get, get the lights to show one second. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I switch a moment? You can see it's looking for the switch right now. It might do this for like two minutes. Mine mine takes a minute to, to connect sometimes. sometimes. It does. Yeah. yeah. I always, uh, for some reason, I always hit the L and R buttons on the top. I don't know if that's going to help it, but that's what I always do. But it's, but there yeah. We go. Now it's on. Yeah. That's what I normally do. So I can hit the button there. See, now profile one is lit up. Mm-hmm. Profile two. And I only have two profiles safe. So if I had a third one, the third button would light up. Yeah. But right now it's just on. So essentially you have the default controller set up and then three additional different um, uh, custom setups. Now, have, have you messed around with those new buttons at all? Like the, the under the under buttons, the middle finger buttons? No, I haven't found anything that really does anything with them. Oh, because I, I read somewhere that you can like, you could map like moves to it. Like you could put like, you could make them Hadouken for you or something like that from Street Fighter. Oh, you can save like a sequence of buttons? Yeah, that's that's what I read. But no, I, no, I haven't tried yeah. that. I mean, I don't think you have any 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 fighting games other than Street Fighter or other than Smash Brothers, so you don't really have a whole lot to test it with. But but I do, and I'll actually have it. I'll have it tomorrow, so I'll be able to talk about it next week. But I do want to mess. I want to see if I can like save like fatalities in there and stuff from Mortal Kombat and shit like that. So I'm gonna fuck around with it and see if that if you can do that because I thought I I read somewhere that you can actually put a Hadoken in there. And you can have oh, okay. that do your, and you can have it do the Hadoken for you. But I don't know how you would actually put it in there. You know, I, I in in my mind, you know, like uh, I would think that it would like in the app would be like, hey, uh, which Street Fighter oh. move do you want to put in here? And you just like click it, and it would put it in there. But <laughs> that would be that would be like the dream. But I, I don't think that's exactly how it would work. But. Maybe it would just be something like record this button sequence. Yeah, press I, the buttons you want. I figured yeah. maybe that would be more would be more of it. I don't know. I mean, they used to make controllers that did that, and I remember that being a big thing from like the early two thousands, where people made controllers that could save that could save like button presses, and you could do do Street Fighter moves like that, and everybody was all like, "Oh, wah, you're you're cheating, wah, wah, wah," you know. And it's it was a big it does thing about cheating. it. But I mean, but who cares if you're just playing? I just, I just want to. I, I just like the idea of it. It's like, can I put like Zangief's like uh, like spinning pile driver in there as a button, and then I can just press it and he'll do it. I mean, I think we that, had an arcade I think that's great. stick. Yeah, when I was in high school, that was like that that we used for the uh, Super Nintendo for Street Fighter. And yeah, yeah. My I think my uncle bought it, and then he didn't want it anymore, so he sold it to us, and we bought it off him for like ten bucks. You know, it was cheap, but I remember like programming the bu- programming the button presses was a huge like kind of like a, a task because you had to like just individually like put in the button and then like save it and then go to oh, the next sure. thing and then you would see it play out with a series of lights what the sequence was and it's like it's like it one kind of, of annoying it's like one of those old phone dialers where you got to put all the mm-hmm. numbers in there but it's really nice when you when you actually make it work because then you can just hit a button and it'll call somebody i had one of those that i bought at a garage sale and it was cool when i was in high school I'm loving this controller so far. First of all, the comfort, just the form factor of it, I think is an improvement over the over the Switch. I think it's a little bit feels like it's a little bit wider, which makes it which is more comfortable. Makes better for you. Uh, yeah. Since I have larger hands, it's an easier fit. Certainly number one thing is the D pad. 
Like that's the reason that I bought this thing. To me, at first it was a $50 D-pad and I thought that would be worth it enough. But to have all this other cool stuff on it, bells and whistles, it just made it like, even better. I love the, the, the triggers. The triggers feel, um, I guess the only way to describe them is like maybe more full when you press them. Like there's more. Well, they're, uh, they're, an- I mean, they, they're actually analog triggers, which is just, it's right. a shame that you can actually, you can't actually use them for the switch because the switch isn't made to use analog triggers, but, but they mm-hmm. would, but they would be able to do that for a system that did allow. You yeah. And you can actually triggers. even adjust the sensitivity on, on the app. You, you'll press it a little bit. You'll see like this little slider bar go down the further you press it. Mm-hmm. So it's very, um, customizable in that way i love the rumble strength you know for as much as i look like the hd rumble on the switch it's not ever like a really full kind of rumble and this the first time it shook it was like oh all right that's much stronger it's yeah it's not it's not going to be a completely equivalent of the hd rumble like you're mm-hmm. not going to hear the noises from it as you would in the regular right. pro controller or Joy-Con, but I mean, how often do you care about that? Didn't really bother me, you know. I don't have Mario Kart Eight, so I don't. I don't miss the sound of you collecting coins through the rumble or anything like that. Um, yeah. As far as anything else, dislikes. The only dislike I really have about it is I just prefer the offset sticks for 3D games. I think it's more comfortable to have your thumbs in a more relaxed position like that. But the other trade-offs just make it so worth it. Um, I, I can see myself maybe using this for mostly 2D games, and then the Pro Controller is still for 3D. We'll see how I actually how I actually play it, but that's a possibility. Yeah, no, I never really understood the um, having the having the analog sticks like not be symmetrical. I don't know. Some well, one thing is that I yeah. noticed for 2D games, I'm for 2D games, it feels more comfortable just to have that D-pad right there under your thumb. And the opposite is true on the Pro Controller. You have to stretch a little bit to get the D-pad. Maybe just the ideal is to have one controller for 2D and one controller for 3D. Yeah. But my preference would be that Ape at Doe comes out with a second controller with a different configuration. I'd buy that too, just putting that out there. Oh, yeah. I, I like it the way it is because it basically reminds me of the... It, it's like a better version of the original classic controller for the Wii, which I thought was the best controller because it's a Super Nintendo controller with analog sticks. And that's what... This one is too, and that's what I like about mm-hmm. it. And I, I mean, I, I try to think. It's like, what is my experience of playing like 3D games? Like what? Like the GameCube had the offset trigger analog sticks, but the C stick was tiny, and it was like I don't know. Because I, I prefer I prefer having them right next to each other there, and it's also it's also pretty much exactly the same as the PlayStation controller. <laughs> so exact yeah. so exactly the same that I've actually taken picked up the wrong controller sometimes. It's if, so exactly the same that when I paired it to my MacBook, it said DualShock 4. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, because uh, because uh, I had the, you know, I was using the black one, which you have, uh, another mm-hmm. one where the button broke. And uh, I, I have the black one, and I have my PlayStation 3 black controller, and the, they look exactly the same. Like, I actually, so many times I picked up the wrong controller because they look like the exact goddamn same controller. So, yeah, it's it's like so you you run into that for sure. And and I and I ordered another black one. I wanted to actually get a different one, but that was the only one that was available, so I went for the black one cuz I didn't want to wait like a, a month for for a different controller, so. Yeah, it ended up coming a lot faster for me than it was supposed to. It wasn't supposed to get here till like June 10th or something like yeah. that, but it came what 2 days ago, 3 days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad to have it. Uh, Mostly because so far it's gotten me finally into Tetris 99, which 
always kind of confounded me. Why was I not as into this game as, as you guys? You know, I love Tetris. I guess it, it ultimately boiled down to the controller just wasn't that great. Even when they made the improvement, remember when it first came out, that's when everybody, when so many people came and said, hey, there's something wrong with my pro controller. Yeah. Well, they, they all just realized the inherent fault with the controller, uh, the controller's D-pad. And, but then they actually came out with a little fix for it some months later, a software fix that tweaked it and made it, mm-hmm. made it better. Yeah. It was significantly better. But you know, I, I thought, okay, this will suffice now. I'm going to give it some, give some Tetris 99, little, little, give it a try. And uh, even after two or three weeks of being into the game, I was just like, eh, I moved on to other things. Still, it kind of surprised me that I just never picked up on Tetris 99. And I realized now it was just all the D pad. That's really what it was. It just didn't feel right, even with the fixes. Because this controller is fantastic for Tetris 99 for other other 2D games as well. It's great. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, I, I know you, you guys, neither of you guys are as much of a fighting game fan as I am, but yeah, 100% I needed this game for any of the fighting games because the Pro Controller does not hold up whatsoever. I mean, the Pro Controller, I've had problems with that thing since it first came out. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a great controller. I mean, it's, it was just basically a stopgap to a better controller is what it was for me. It's like, I'll play this for now until I get a better thing. But I had so many problems with it. I had problems with it with, with Celeste because of the preciseness of jumping on that and, and the, and the, you know, and you should try that game again now that you, now, that you, now that you have a better uh, control pad for it or like, uh, yeah. you know, or, st- or stuff like, you know, Celeste, like uh, the messenger, like a lot of stuff it would just work so much better with. And it's just, yeah, I swear by that one. That's the controller I think everybody should have. If they have a Switch, get the get the 8-Bit Doe Pro. It's the best controller there is on there, for, as far as I'm concerned. I have to I, agree, I and it's cheaper. It everything. Yeah, and it's cheaper. The only thing is you can't scan your Amiibo on it, and you can't turn on the system. That's the only two things Sometimes you Sometimes it has trouble pairing, and it takes a really long time to pair. Yeah, um, it, it does It does have some weird, some me, weird pair issues. I have the same it, problem with it. A lot of times, I'd say at least once a week, I have to open up the back, take the battery out, put it back in, and then it works fine. But it's like a fix that I've had to do several times now. Actually, that wouldn't have to do that so far. Taking the battery out is what I had to do for for Steam on my computer to recognize it. That, but that's the only time I had to do it. Like basically, what I do is I just like hit the start button and hit L and R until it comes on. And sometimes, if it won't come on, you have to plug it into the system, and then it'll come on. I don't know. It's weird, but I've also had issues with my with my whole switch system where I can't pair anything to it. Like not even like not the eight bit dough, not the not the pro, not the Joy Cons, and I just have to reset the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that that maybe that's just a first first launch uh, switch. But I've had that problem where it won't it won't connect to anything that I have, like no controller whatsoever. So most of the time, if it doesn't work at all, then it's a then it, I just have to reset the whole system. So so some games that I played because I. I got this uh, new controller. Well, Tetris 99, I got a new record, fourth place. Oh, good. So I felt pretty, pretty good. good about that. I'm officially on the hunt for number one. I'm motivated. Uh, and I just want to like, it's, it's partly because of the game and partly because I just want to hold this controller in my hands. It just feels so comfortable. I like it. It's a great controller. Um, and then I got into, uh, I downloaded Open MU. That is Open EMU, Open MU, the emulator. Yeah. And I so I picked up um, some old ColecoVision games, among them Wing War. Remember, I mentioned this game back in episode 230. This was a long lost game that I, I just I had the image in my mind. I had no idea what it was called. And then I actually actually figured it out, figured out the name. 
And so now that I had the controller and the open MU, I looked it up, I downloaded it, and I played Wing War for the first time since I was probably four years old. Wow. That was fantastic. A great experience. So are you playing this on your Mac? Yep. Okay. Yep. And you're a I little white dragon. Oh no. No, yeah, you know, so you're a little white dragon flying around collecting your eggs, and it's a really simple game. But actually, for the ColecoVision, the graphics are pretty, pretty impressive. I suggest anybody give it a try if you've got open MU. If you don't have open MU, go get it. It's great. The other game that I played on there was Mr. Gimmick. I just had a hankering to play that game again and feel the precise 2D controls because that game controls really well. And so I played that for about an hour or two the other day. The game is amazing. Everybody should go try that as well. Yeah. Uh, Hitman 3, I played the performance mode with the with the new controller. Again, I didn't get, get like a great impression of it, but now the difference is that there's two options on the start screen. There's a enhanced performance mode or enhanced graphics, and it's that simple to jump, jump into either one that you want. I think I'm still going to play on enhanced graphics because my connection is, is pretty good now, but it's nice to know that the option is there. You have pretty good internet up there in Michigan? I do. I'm kind of excited. I was looking at a map of what my who my provider covers and i'm pretty sure that i can get fiber in my new place but i need to call them and make sure but i think they i think it's available which would be really really nice because it's the thing i'm going to miss the most if i if i can't have it anymore for oh yeah for hitman the online play well just i just like my fiber for everything it's good for your diet Plus <laughs> we shit out internet content yeah well, do you want to talk about uh so so last week we talked a little bit about the Iwata Iwata asks book and I did actually I read the first chapter this week so we could talk more of that about that if you'd like. Hello, this is Satoru Iwata from Nintendo. Um there was some stuff that I remember reading about actually elsewhere. I Are mean we just doing the first chapter. Yeah, that's that's all I got through. Sorry. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's the first chapter is just talking about like his uh, the the most part that the part that I really remember more than anything else was him talking about uh, programming stuff on his on his calculator. I, I remember when I first heard about Iwata being Nintendo's president, I read a, an interview with him talking about that about programming games. I remember him making games on his calculator, and also he said that he wasn't very good at Zelda, and all that he liked to do was cut grass. I remember that too. Maybe that's in the in the maybe that's in the book later. But uh, mm-hmm. I remember him saying that, and I was like, "I was like, you can't play Zelda, sus! Get him out of here! Get him out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> but I, when I first when I first heard when I, I never heard you know I never heard of him before, but that's the first thing I heard when he was taking over for Yamauchi. I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy that d- doesn't know how to play Zelda?" I don't know. But yeah, no, it's cool. Like we we talked about last week about uh about him uh having meetings with everybody in the company twice a year, and you know that was that was in this as well. I mean, do you guys? What do you guys think of this first chapter? What do you want to say about it? Yeah, this is so. Yeah, it's, I like that it totally starts with the him saying, you know, describing the game he made for the calculator. And this is what I think I mentioned either last week or the week before when I talked about that I enjoy those moments when he admits to his genius when he says, "Yeah, I actually, I'm pretty smart." And it's in this opening chapter where he refers to himself as a whiz kid, kind of from the third person, because uh, HP is the company that made the calculator. I think that he programmed for, so they had caught in wind of the program that he made and and we're referring to him as a whiz kid so i like that he said that too because it doesn't come off as pretentious it just comes exactly. off as matter of fact and honest mm-hmm. which seems like his, his character in general i think it's uh his way of because a lot of people who are you know gifted or if you want to call it gifted or just driven to become this knowledgeable or this 
good at what he did. Um, you know, they kind of are super egocentric and that works for a lot of people. Like that's, he even says it in the, I think it's, a, so we haven't gotten to that part yet, but he does refer to like creativity being like an expression of the ego. So it makes sense. But he also re- refers a lot to how everybody has something they bring to the table that he doesn't have. And so he acknowledges that like every single employee in the company, they can do something he's completely unable to do. And I think that's just like that humility. And it's just like, it's just, you know, knowledge. It's, it's true. Yeah. And he acknowledges that he doesn't think he's the be all end all of decisions to be made or even that the process is going to stay the same from day to day because someone else might, you know, flip the tea table, so to speak, or whatever on what the best way to accomplish something is. For yeah, sure. humility com- combined with genius, like that's a lot of in a nutshell from what I've read so far. Yeah, and and it was cool they talked about their very first release, and I do think it was kind of funny to me because, uh, you know, John John got me this game, and he talks about you know Kirby, and I think about how much John hates Kirby, and it's just like this. <laughs> yeah, like I got you the book. Yeah, this t- this two this two sides of thing. Well, uh, well, you know, you're a fan of Iwata, but. They're talking about how the the Kirby game being such a huge thing, and I'm like, well, but John hates Kirby. <laughs> it's too easy. It was it was just it was fly just, over the whole whole game. I know. I just thought it was funny that it, that it was that that. But that was the game that put How Laboratory on have Laboratory on the map and all that. I I think that you should play now that you have your new controller. I this is my challenge to you for next week. You should play the Kirby game that's on NES. Play like Kirby's Adventure on NES. It's on the Nintendo Switch Online. You don't have to buy it. Just play that game because that game is not easy. That game is fucking hard, and I could not beat it. So I mean, it's easy. It's easy at first. I haven't gotten to a point where it's hard, but I guess I've never beat it. So try to well, both of you try to beat it then, because it's it's a it's not a it's not an easy game. Is what I'm saying. That, like I've tried. You to, give it a shot. I've tried to play through the whole thing. It's much different than I, I feel like it's more difficult than the Game Boy one. But that's also the one where they started bringing in uh, copy abilities and stuff like that. But it does get difficult. I remember some of the bosses being quite difficult and some of the levels being difficult as well because I think it does I think it does the thing like if you game over, if you get a game over, you have to re-beat levels again because you because you have to restart and you ha- if you haven't beaten like an entire level set, you have to go through the whole level set again. So a lot of it makes it easier with save states, but I think I was playing it on the NES Classic and not save stating it and just trying to just play it straight through and I had to I had a hard time with it. So I think it's much more difficult. Also, I think it's a much better game. The I think there's one. some stuff in Kirby Superstar that's not easy. Like the first couple games are, but like oh yeah, Super, Superstar Milky Way, which can get pretty tough. Yeah. Um, and then the Great Cave Offensive. That one's that one's like not just straight up Kirby. Like that's also like an exploration yeah. game. Yeah, I mean that. Cool. Yeah, that's another game that's really really good. Is uh, Superstar, of course. But I think you should play the NES one because I think it's different than the Game Boy one, and and you definitely cannot fly over the levels in that game. So. Give it, give it another try, but it, but it, maybe I'll give it a shot. But he was talking about how what was it originally called, like uh, Super Popo or something like that. That before it was called Kirby, the original title of the game. I don't remember what exactly it was called, but he said that Miyamoto himself like told them that the game needed some work, and they delayed it, and then it came out later, and it became this huge success. So he talks about like how it would have never got there if they would have, you know, if Miyamoto would not have been there and said like, Hey, you need some more work with this. It's like the same thing that, uh, that, that Iwata said about earthbound, which will be later in the book. We'll talk about, but same sort of thing where he saw it and he's like, well, if you release it like right now, it's not going to do very well, but if you give me some time with it, we can make it good. And then it did end up being good and all that. So, I mean, 
it's just that honesty there is really is really cool. And he talks a lot about like playing to your strengths and weaknesses, which I always have a hard time with that because I'm always like, I'm like, I don't have any strengths. All I have is weak. <laughs> all I have is weaknesses. That's how I always feel about that stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, not true though. It's hard. He, to, if you hung out with Awada, he would convince you otherwise, probably. Um, I would edit his podcast so, for him. That's my strength. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I did see because I'm on page, like page 18 or whatever, where he talks about. When he when he like retroactively looks back at when Hal was doing games before, I guess before Kirby and their first party stuff became more of a thing, that they were kind of making games that other people didn't know how to do. Like they'd be like, "How do we make a golf game?" And then how how made a golf game? You know, like they are the ones that just figured it out. Oh yeah. And so they were they were good at figuring shit out, and I think that probably had a lot to do with the water because, as we know, which we haven't gotten to in this book yet, but. He was like very critical in uh, which Pokemon game was it? Like adding like basically fifty percent more to the game. Oh yeah, that was a uh, gold, mm-hmm. gold and silver. He worked on that one, and gold and silver has like a secret ending where you basically unlock most of one. Like you get to go back to the mm-hmm. region and bend Pokemon Red and Blue. And I never made it all the way through gold and silver, but people like swear by it because of that really cool thing. And speaking of like how how laboratory and all that. He also talks about how they were like what 1.5 billion yen in debt, mm. like when he became president and like all the money they had to put into yeah. it to try to like come back from all that. And I was just like, he was only 30 when he became president of hell too. He was, he was like young. 33 he, he was or promoted something. Promoted when yeah. he was 33. Yeah. 33. Yep. Yeah, but it, it's just like just how far in debt they were as a company is amazing. Just from like how far they've come since then, you know, like, and they said they sold like what over five million copies of like Kirby on Game Boy, but. Right. It was like, I mean, just to see like how, and he said it was difficult on, on the, you know, on the team to like, to, to like live through all of this, but, or to, you know, to make it through this, but still it's like, wow, such a huge, amazing company, like how laboratory. And it's just like to think of like, I mean, but I guess everything, you know, everything has to be, you know, it's hard, like getting everything started. Like it's, you know, it let you see these documentaries and stuff where it's just like, it's just all, all failure for a while until you, until you make it. So, I mean, it's. I just didn't realize they were that. You know, you think it's just like, oh, this Japanese company that just came together and made stuff, but it's you don't know all, all of the trials that they had to go through before they got there. So that was really interesting to see that stuff as well. And the name. What's of- interesting about having the digital version of sorry, what's interesting about having the digital version of this this uh, book is that I could see where other people have highlighted passages and stuff. I can't. Oh, I can't. Like, I can't see it at all. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's kind of like highlighting stuff we've already talked about, though, like basically the interviewing thing he says without the knowledge of learning everybody's strengths and weaknesses he couldn't make an overall decision you couldn't make a decision on behalf of the whole company without knowing all the ins and outs of the individual people yeah it's like they're uh you know they're, they're like a team like a fighting team they need to know who's uh who's gonna go do what you know who's the one who's gonna do the and best he gets more to the specific, specifics of that kind of thing in the second chapter which we'll yeah. talk about later but sure I'm I'm just trying to make sure I'm remembering what I read in the first versus the second chapter here. Yeah, maybe I'll try to do like two and three next week if I can. I don't know. Well, but, we can just do two. But uh, but the game. But yeah, let's reread it. But regardless, the book is great. Uh, Iwata is still great. So it's uh, and and it's not that long. I think we could definitely wait. I think there's still it. a vacuum where he was. I don't know if there's anybody that's quite replaced him as that the kind of figure he was. Well, definitely uh, not. Well, we struggle to remember the new guy's name, even you know, yeah. not, not any slight to him. It's just a different uh, style of leadership. Where well, where he yeah. seems to be more behind the scenes. Whereas, whereas Iwata, he, he said in the book that anytime he 
he thinks that he is the best person to fulfill a role, he'll he'll do it. Or so I'm I'm paraphrasing, but I think maybe he saw himself as in Nintendo being the the family friendly company. He was just kind of like a good hearted, pure guy, and it worked for him being on camera mm-hmm. and being in front of it all. Yeah, I was gonna say we we definitely we know we know Iwata because he was the face of the Nintendo Direct. Like he was, mm-hmm. I mean, he was the person who created the Nintendo Direct. So we know him because. He came to us and was like, hi, you know, direct, like the, the movement, you know, like John did a, put a little like emoji of that on the note of, of my of my book that was like, you know, sent direct to you, you know, because we know, yep. we know Iwata's that because, yeah, he basically just came to you in a video and was like, hi, that's what I have. So we, we know him because he became the face of Nintendo through the directs. And now, and it's crazy because that just affected, especially after the quarantine, but now everybody does directs, like every fucking company does right. directs because- mm-hmm. Why not? I mean, I think that's the best way to do it instead of, I mean, you remember watching E3 like years ago where you have to watch like this three hour long thing and just hope for like the, the five trailers that are yeah. in there. That's maybe like 10 minutes of actual footage, you know, like it's. They leave you to do the work of actually finding the good stuff, whereas yeah. Nintendo turned it around and said, nope, we're just going to give everybody what they're actually looking for. Yeah. Not four hour presentations. Here's just in 45 minutes. Here we go. Here, here it all is. And that, you know, as I was reading this book and discovering that he would interview all his employees, I thought I kind of saw the lineage of that, that it all went back to that. Um, first of all, doing doing these Awada Asks articles, that's a clear extension of his doing those interviews back in the day. And doing the Nintendo Directs, it's almost like he's sitting down with us, the audience, the way that he would sit down with each of his employees and get okay. to know them and, and talk about you know, what, what they're up to. So that's, I think, what it all boils down to is him being a very personable, friendly, open-minded guy who wants to have a conversation with people. And that's what he was doing all the while. Yeah. And that's, and, and he, you know, it, it would be nice to work for him because you would feel like, he would make you feel like you're important. You know, he's like one mm-hmm. of those people that would actually feel like you're a part of the company and all that. I, I hope he does. I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder if the guy didn't have what, I don't know if this is even like the true term for it anymore, but like a photographic memory, like some sort of, um, cause his ability to remember people to me seems extraordinary. Mm-hmm. doesn't like those conversations for someone with like, if my theory is true with that kind of a level of a memory, then those conversations with employees make even more sense. Cause he's just, he really is formulating this gigantic picture in his head that might be bigger than most other people could form. Right. He's getting the most information that he can and to form the best outcome for the company. And the fact that he took the opportunity to make it all personal, there's no way he's going to interview 90 people and not make an attempt to remember their names. Yeah. Cause every, he would do it every yeah. six months. So he, he certainly remembered all those people's names and that's, Pretty remarkable for the leader of a company to know everybody from his vice presidents down to the janitor. Mm-hmm. He knew everybody at the company by name. I, I always found that impressive. Like there was a, Jeremy remembers, there was like a president or a teacher or something at LCC that would always remember everybody's name. You remember that guy, Lynn Laughlin? Yeah. He was yeah, always yeah. he was always very impressive about that. And you remembered his name because of that. Yep. He's like one of the only people I remember because he remembered everybody's name. But He's I, the one that got demoted for having a divorce, right? Yeah. That was so mad about mm-hmm. that. But that's bullshit uh, religious garbage there. But yeah. Yeah. He was like one of the nicest fucking guys at the college, but they would never let him teach because he got a divorce. It's like so fucking backwards, but yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, no, I mean, just uh, thinking of people who do that, it's just like, it's impressive to me. Like, it's uh, it's the best way to impress somebody. Like that guy that wanted to talk to you about the screenwriting thing. He like remembered me from 
He's like, I talked to you like four months ago with this one thing. And I'm like, oh, I don't even remember you at all. You make me feel that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it's always cool when people, if you want to, you know, get people to like you, it's great to uh, actually It's also a way care. to take someone, sometimes when you catch someone off guard, that's a good way to like get more pure information out of them. So if you surprise someone by remembering them, like you hear the case of like mm-hmm. Iwana going up to like journalists like years later and be like, oh yeah, I remember you. I think it was Chris Kohler who... Mm-hmm. posted a, a thing on twitter about that it's like that would just take me so off guard that i would be like i don't know i feel like i'd be more vulnerable in conversation as a result there's a trick to it and i'll uh this is like a very valuable memory trick that i learned from a, a, a tv show on memory and it works 100 of the time if you choose to actually use it so to remember somebody's name what you want to do is either a you picture somebody who with that name who you already know very well like if if I met somebody else named Trey, I would picture you in my head and picture you shaking their hand. And I would yeah. make a visual association of you and that person. Sure. So I'd always remember that person's name is Trey. If it's a name that's unusual, you've never heard it before, you picture a scenario that equates to that person's name. For instance, uh, I met someone named Mara Cruz and I'd never heard that name before. So I pictured her getting married on a cruise. Sure. And I never forgot her name after that because that, that image would pop up in my head every time. Hmm. The basis of that is that you have a better visual memory than you do verbal memory mm-hmm. you remember pictures better so if you can associate the person with a picture you're going to remember their name a lot better every time sure it, it works 100 of the time the only time that it doesn't work is when i don't take five seconds to actually do it upon meeting a person mm-hmm. yeah so i put that out there to the world it's very helpful there you go i, I found i found- maybe make sure whatever your associations are just try to keep them positive that way you're not always thinking negative things about people <laughs> What, that's a word that's a worry i would have because maybe the easiest way to remember something is like oh their name sounds like poop or something like that like, <laughs> i don't want to be thinking that every time i see yeah. somebody that's not nice i mean that makes sense. on that note I, I i do have to go all right well uh yeah john is bouncing out here we can we can definitely continue next week on chapter two because i think we yeah i think we covered most of what was in one. sure so all right well take care i'll see you all right see yeah, you guys see later you. Later. All right. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about news stuff and then and then we'll be done here. I just want to mention mention a couple things that are coming out this week. Uh, some stuff that's on the eShop this week. Endless Outbreak or Outbreak Endless Nightmares looked uh, look kind of interesting just because it's a Resident Evil roguelike. Kind of reminds me of that like virus game that came out like at the very, very beginning of the of the Twitch. Oh, vaccine. This, vaccine, yeah, of, of the Switch's life cycle. That one kind of looked like a playstation one resident evil this is like a maybe like more like a gamecube resident evil but it's just interesting the way you're basically going through mansions that are randomly generated and you know killing the zombies and stuff like that looks kind of cool uh i mentioned that i was going to mention this one for john but he's not here but aerial knights never yield comes out on the 20th 1199 that's like run, that runner one that had a demo. Just because it's stupid and it's on there, there's a xylophone game coming out this week from the same company who did the calculator game. And they have a bunch of garbage on there. Look look them up. There's a bunch of shit on there. There's a voxel first-person shooter zombie game that I thought about maybe getting if it was like a dollar someday. I don't know. It looks stupid. But At least that's a game. Yeah, but that's an actual game. But there are a bunch of games that they actually have that all look like knockoffs of other things, you know, whatever. Of course, the big one for me is Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne is releasing this week only if you buy the Deluxe Edition, which is at $70. What? But you do actually get stuff with it. You get the Dante. You actually have to buy the Dante thing, which is dumb. If, if you're not familiar, the original PlayStation 2 release, there was a DLC, DLC later, I guess, or some sort of 
deluxe version. I don't know how they did this. This is PS2, so it couldn't, so have, yeah, been de- no couldn't have been DLC. But anyway, there was a version where you could play through the whole game as Dante from Devil May Cry. You can still do that in this version, but you have to buy it as a DLC. But if you buy the deluxe version, you get that already. You get some extra, you get some extra like uh, levels and maps and stuff. And also you get more music. This is a Japanese thing. A lot of games, they make you pay extra for more music to change it out. I know they did that with the uh, Super Robot Wars games, where some of them, if you want the actual like theme songs from the TV shows, you have to pay more. So they end up being like $80 or whatever. So that's what that version is. I'm probably just going to get it anyway, because I don't want to wait five days for it to come out. But you do get extra stuff with it. You get like... $25 worth of DLC content for 20 so whatever. It's it's kind of stupid. But yeah, that's that's coming out this week. The actual version, the $50 version is coming out on the 24th and that's next Tuesday. So, but I'm still excited about playing it. Oh yeah, and here's another John thing on there that he's not here to hear, but uh Just Die already, which is a game that he said he was super excited about. That's the new Octodad. I think I put Old Person Simulator down there as basically what it is. I think the trailer says Old People Mayhem Sandbox is what, is what it refers to it as. And it just... That's like the play, playground at the retirement home. Yeah, it's it's like a ragdoll... It's like a ragdoll game, Octopath... Or no, not Octopath, Octodad, whatever type thing, where it's really weird and you're an old person, you can pee wherever you want, and there's guns in it too. I don't really know what's up with this game, but I know John was like really hot on it when he heard about it. But it's coming out this Thursday, tomorrow, so there you go. And Layers of Fear 2 is coming out this week as well. It's on sale, $3 off till the 31st. Uh, Miitopia is coming out for $49.99 on Friday, which uh, <laughs> I have it for 3DS. I'm not getting it for wait for the Switch, but there it is. There's a demo. You can play around with it if you want. It's I tried playing around with the uh, character creation a little bit, and I just was like, nah, I don't really want to put the time into this. I saw people were getting pretty pretty good at recreating, like, cartoon characters and stuff yeah I, I couldn't i couldn't tell what was the main difference of it i guess you could because i thought you could like draw on the face but no nothing i could see i guess you can just do more stuff or you could do more colors or i don't know i did mess around it's with just the moving the parts creation. around in weird ways to yeah to, to do it I, and i'm not yeah that creative i don't think i mean metopia is the ultimate lightest of light rpgs you don't even get to walk anywhere it's just automatically walks for you so if you if Pokemon was too light of an RPG for you and you want something even lighter than that, you can go with this. I don't, being an RPG fan myself, I don't really recommend it because, uh, you know, Jess and I we both bought it and Jess Jess really ended up hating it. So I mean, it's uh, I think mostly because the idea is like, oh yeah, you make your own characters and then they're in your party and then you go fight people, but they take them all away from you. Like so, by the end, you don't really even have them anymore. So so you have to make new ones. So. You have like this new party of like I don't know Bill Murray and some guy from Family Guy or something in there and there that you don't even like but you, you but you downloaded them from the internet and that's why they're in there you know so it's I don't know whatever and of course the uh, the Knockout City Block Party trial starts this Friday as well which is for free and that's the uh, dodgeball you know Splatoon looking game which is great everybody should play it so but it's getting a free it's getting a free like week trial so everybody can play it for free. So I'll be playing that for sure this weekend. So there's that. But I want to talk about a couple main things before we go here. Number one, we got some more Nintendo and Super Nintendo games announced for the week. Spanky's Quest. This Not- game is... <laughs> yeah. I actually really like this game. We had this game. Like I don't, know. Okay. I I don't know why we had it or when we bought it. It might have been one of the games we got because I've told the story on the show before, but when we got our Super Nintendo, we got it 
used from a pawn shop and my dad like put it on layaway took a little while to get it but it was with that with several games so we got at least like probably close to 10 games when we got our super nintendo and i think spanky was one of them it's a pretty fun game it's weird but it's fun which one is spanky's quest is that the one where you um where where you were like fighting this you were fighting these big faces and you're like shooting basketballs at them and stuff is that yeah so you like you press a button and i can't remember what it is maybe it's a baseball shoots out first and then if it shoots up in the air and then you have to jump up and hit it with your head and then then it turns into like a bigger a slightly bigger ball and you keep doing that until eventually i think the basketball is the best one it can be and then you hit the button again and then it like explodes so it's kind of a weird like it's a it's a strange mechanic but it like makes a little more sense when you actually do it but the way the levels are they're like set up kind of like mappy where it's a you know it's a 2d side scroller of course but you're like in one like continuous level you can go back and forth left and right and then there's like different levels so you're you're attacking mostly things that are above you but you can also hit things below you if as the balls fall after you explode them so yeah it's it looks like there's boss battles in this which i don't think i ever got that far before so i think i'm actually going to try to play this with the save states and at least try to get to a boss battle yeah, the only thing I really know, I really like recognized on here is Joe and Mac, which which you've which you've talked about before. You know, yes, I will play. I think I'm going to play that for our YouTube. <laughs> I think I'm going to play all the way through it because I've beaten it. that game almost as many times as I've beaten like Dino Wars and stuff. It's it's like your it's your Super Star Wars or your Super Empire Strikes Back, like like for, yeah. for me, like a game that I can run through in an hour because I've beaten it over and over and over. Again. So I saw. I think it's magical. Drop Two is also a. Um, it's a Neo Geo game. Is it? But it was made by. Uh, why am I blanking out on? Jeez, I hate that. Oh, my brain goes blank. Like we'll this. see what. Uh, the, what what I wanted. What's to the s- company that made Joe and Mac? Oh, I don't know. I was gonna say what. What's funny about this one to me is I've actually already bought oh, this game so on the Switch because uh, I bought. I actually bought the Arcade Perfect Neo Geo version of it years Dating ago. East. There we go. So at least two of these games coming are Data East games. So I'm kind of wondering if they, oh, okay, if it's not related to that. That's what I was trying to say. Well, um, you have this on you have this on a game a Data East collection. No, I have the game. I have the game for Switch. It, it's already actually been released as a single game. The Magical Drop Two is, and I actually already oh, own Magical it. Magical Drop Two. Okay, I thought you were talking about Joe and Mac. Not so. Joe and Mac. No, but I own Magical <laughs> Drop Two because it was re-released as a Neo Geo game for the Switch already. As mm-hmm. the um, you know, the ACA Neo Geo games that were all uh yeah yeah so i have it it's actually on my system i didn't even delete it it's still on here magical drop too so i did already buy this game but i bought it like four years ago or whenever the switch came out so that one again so and also there's this uh most generic baseball title ever that's not ken griffey jr but uh super baseball simulator (laughs) 1.000 it's like okay i guess it's going to be a little bit faster than the nes baseball which we played before which is incredibly incredibly slow so yeah i mean it it basically to me looking at the video but it it looks like a it looks like a toned down version of uh ken griffey you know it like kind of plays the same way but it doesn't look as good it just makes me sad that i know that kenny ken griffey jr will never make it to the the super nintendo online service for licensing reasons probably Yeah. yeah but i mean ken griffey's great just I don't know. Make Nintendo it. Nintendo doesn't even own the Mariners anymore. Yeah, they don't. Well, just call it like Joe's baseball or something, and take anything out that makes him look. I mean, they would have to re-edit the whole game. But but I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. was cool. So maybe I'll probably play around with this baseball baseball game for about for about two minutes and then never play it again. But the uh, Sp- Spanky's quest does look kind of weird. Yeah, with the with the monkey and the. 
bouncing the bubbles around and all that stuff. I don't know. I'd give it a go. You're fighting fruit. It's what it is. It's like yeah, fruit. giant fruit with faces. Mm-hmm. So and I and I and I play Joan Mac too, and we could always we could always do like a two player stream or something with it too. I'd be I'd be into That'd that. That'd be fun. But it's it's actually not coming out till next week. When when I saw the announcement for that, I was like, oh shit, they doing this again? Because last year on my birthday was a panel de pawn came out on the 20th oh wow that was the best one yeah so that was the one that we the best surprise because i remember we stayed up and played that at three in the morning when i was all drunk and i couldn't do anything and yeah (laughs) i I remember doing that but that was like that was a big thing this one not so much no this isn't the strongest offering of games for sure but it is nice just like and i probably say this every time but it's just good to see continued support most of the heavy hitters are already out you know uh, with uh, ninja ninja jaja maru-kun is uh, the NES game, a game I've never heard of. But yeah, once again, yeah. all this is free through the, you know, f- free, th- free through the subscription. So, hey, oh, yeah. you know what? I'm not, I'm not angry about it. I like having more weird games to play than I never would be able to play anyway, because I've never heard of them, you know? So, I mean, these are games that you would never buy through virtual console because you never heard of them. I mean, maybe Joe of Mac, Joe and Mac, but. After they announced this, uh, I saw that Earthbound was trending on Twitter. It's so like, okay, well, it probably is related. And of course, it literally, you know, because there's someone that works at Twitter that has to write out these descriptions on trending hashtags. Someone literally had to write down, Nintendo fans are disappointed that Earthbound was not part of this, uh, <laughs> of this week's release. And it's, Every it's time. like, yeah. And then I saw people saying like, you guys would, pr- you guys would play Earthbound for five minutes and then never play it again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what the hell? Like it's on the it's on the Super Nintendo Classic. Buy that if there, you really want to play Earthbound. But what else, I'm just going to mention this really quick. But another thing that's happening on the 26th. Speaking of Earthbound and speaking of stuff we've talked about that we wished were, were released on the Switch, they're actually doing a was it like 35th anniversary? They're doing like this Dragon Quest stream on Ooh, the 26th. And uh, speaking of stuff to be disappointed about, uh, we get to watch that and hope to see. Uh, Four, five, and six would be great on the Switch. I wouldn't bet on it, but nor would I. You know, uh, people are hoping for Dragon Quest Twelve stuff. Maybe it's, I don't know. There must be something important. There's got to be though, something big. It's the first time that they've uh, done it at the same time for the U.S. audience. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's the great thing about it is it's actually going to be translated because I've watched. Mm-hmm. I've actually watched a bunch of these. I watched the No More Heroes Three stream in Japan and it was all in Japanese. And I mean, and you know, the, the, the trailers were in English though. So I could understand what was happening, but it was just weird, but it's cool to have it both ways. And hopefully it's not at like seven in the morning, like the, like the other one that I watched, I don't know, but I definitely, I'm willing to stay up for that dragon quest one. Cause I've talked many It'll times probably about be at a strange time because it's, yeah, but I, I will be, I'll definitely stay up for it because I've talked many a times about how much I love the dragon quest series. So, yeah, I I mean, what I want is them to release the Super Nintendo Dragon Quest VI and have it have the translation of the DS version, but that's not going to happen. But that's my, like, pie-in-the-sky uh, prediction for, for that thing. Or I'd love to see, I mean, dra- I'd be fine with just seeing Dragon Quest XII stuff or, or like, a re- remake of Dragon Quest IX for Switch would be great, too. I mean, I don't know. There's four, five, and six, of course, but... I'd like to see them in like their original versions, but whatever. I don't know. More Dragon Quest for the Switch. That's all. That's all I want to see out of that. But it's it's an exciting thing to see, and I'll be watching it for sure. So we'll talk about it whenever whenever it happens on here. But my my highlight in the, of the of the week, as far as news goes, is that new like six minute Mario Golf trailer that mm-hmm. happened. 
and yeah, I, that's a great trailer. And they really, you know, they haven't really, they didn't really show you much new that we didn't already know about. But I'm still like, I this game is awesome. Like I'm, I'm over the moon for this game, big time. I was planning on getting it regardless. Anyway, now I'm like 200% getting it after seeing this. I, I don't know how. I don't know if I'm actually gonna like speed golf, but I'm willing to try it. And speed Same. and speed golf battle mode looks interesting. Like they yeah, the kinda, battle mode looks really interesting. It looks yeah. it really looks like they're like somehow cramming Mario Kart into golf into Mario Golf. Well, I mean Mario Kart's. I'm really interested of, in. I mean, I mean the the idea of randomness in Mario Party games has always been there. Like a you know like this the soccer game had its own version of Mario of Mario Kart in there had its own like sort of random items and stuff like that. So. It's in everything. They it's in Smash it's Brothers. Yeah. It's in Mario Party. Because there's even the like, special yeah. modes in the old Mario Golf, yeah. even on the one on the Game Boy Advance, where you were like getting power ups and stuff. So. Oh yeah, they did have that on the Game Boy GameCube one too. But I mean, it's I think it looks awesome. I'm I'm really I'm obsessed with Bowser's shoes. Like I, I love those chain chomp shoes that he has. Actually, I want to be Bowser because I, I love his golf outfit. He looks he looks like a boss mm. in the, in that video, and I'm like, yeah. Are I'm you the in, one I'm who said that? Oh yeah, that was you. you. Said you wanted the shoes. Yeah, I took a t- picture of it and put it on Twitter of him of him wear of those shoes, and I showed it. To, we watched the trailer. Justin and I did, and I was like, look "You're at such this. a sneakerhead." I'm like, "Look at look at these look at these chain chomp shoes. They're so cool." I mean, I would totally buy them if they existed. I still want that chain chomp cat bed that I keep seeing on Instagram. That's been floating around for years now. It's oh, like I, I haven't seen so that. expensive. Yeah, it looks like a. It just looks like a big chain chomp statue that you put mm-hmm. in your house, but it's a cat bed. I'm I'm sure that if there were like chain chomp shoes, they'd be incredibly expensive too. But Super Mario Golf looks really cool. I mean, there's of course there's the single player RPG mode, which I'm really excited about. I hope it's it looks like you can walk around and stuff. So hopefully it'll be better than uh, Mario Tennis was. But I mean, I love golf. I love golf games. So I mean, this is pretty pretty easy one for me. It looks like they altered the control a little bit instead of like you know the original one. You know, the, the meter goes up and then you aim for power and then it comes back and you aim for straightness. This one is like two, I guess. There's like one is power and then it'll go up again and that'll be how straight your shot is, that type of thing. They mention uh, putting like backspin and stuff on your things, but they didn't explain exactly how you do it. So I'm kind of interested as to how that works. But aside from that, I think it'll probably be it looks great. Well, I mean, well, the original, the original one, you hit buttons, but you have to do it before you, before you know where the ball is going to land. And the way they explain it in the trailer here, they make it sound like you can alter it as it hits the ground and then, then do it. So I was warning it. I don't know if you ever played any of the Tiger Woods games, but they had that thing to where you can kind of like change the trajectory of your ball after you already hit the ball. I thought it was, I thought it was something like that, you know, where you can kind of control it while it's in the air. That's how that's how those ones that weren't the Wii that weren't the motion control ones were, and of course there's motion you can you know play play it motion on here as well. I figured I'd try the motion a couple times, but ultimately just end up playing it with the controller because that's the way I know golf and that's the way I'm better at golf. But I'm hoping to be able to like I don't know I want to do some online competition stuff, show off my my golf skills on the internet. Hopefully I'll win a match someday. I don't know. I'm excited about doing, doing the online stuff about it. So but yeah, it looks great. It's coming out at the end. Yeah, it's coming out I'll at the end of it. June. It's over a month away, but it was always on my number one list. So there's like some other game that's coming out the same day, but I don't care what, whatever other game that is. Cause this is the one that I'm kidding. So 
right now it's Game Builder Garage and Mario Golf are my two like games on the horizon. June. I'm most excited for. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that uh, it's it it does come out pretty close to Monster Hunter Stories Two, which is in the first week of July. But I mean, I thought there was another thing that was coming out on the twenty fifth that I had heard about, but. I was to say it, it doesn't really matter because I'm just I just want the golf game. So yeah, it's look, it's looking great. I, I was oh, out. is it a uh, Tony Hawk? Oh yeah, Tony Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yep, which I already have, which I already have, and already don't like. So I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good on that. I don't I don't necessarily not like it. I just don't. I'm just not that fan. Much of a fan of the first two Tony Hawk games, as far as actually playing them. I mean, they look cool. The soundtracks are cool, but the goals aren't that fun. But uh, yeah, that's the big thing that I know of. There's a couple other trailers on here which I actually didn't watch because of uh, possible spoilers. Because there, there are there was like a new trailer for No More Heroes three and a new and and the first like however many minutes of The World Ends with You. And I don't want to watch those because I'm buying those games anyway. So I'd rather just watch those movies when I get it. So that's how I felt about that. I mean, at World Ends with You. I'm like, I don't want to watch the opening of the game. Like that's what you play when you get the game. I don't know. I don't like. Mm-hmm. Once I decide that I'm going to get a thing, I don't need to watch any more of it. As far as golf goes, it doesn't really matter because it's not like a story-based thing. But Oh, yeah. And also, they announced a new uh, Skyward Sword Amiibo. And I made my first Drake meme ever and sent it to you guys. I saw that. That was nice. <laughs> I made that. Because I, I really don't care about the Skyward Sword HD re-release, which I think is also coming out around that same time as Mario Golf. But the Amiibo looks cool. I'll get the Amiibo. <laughs> Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna fast travel from even from inside a dungeon, you gotta buy this amiibo and then you can hop into the sky at any time. Oh, that's weird. That's but weird for that. You only. can't do that without the amiibo. Oh, yeah, you said that people were already getting mad about that on the internet, but they love being mad about stuff, so that makes sense. Oh yeah, that's their thing. But yeah, I think I'm good for this episode. If you're yeah. good, we can get out of this. I'm good. All right. But yeah, thanks everybody for listening to us. And I wanted to mention earlier when John was talking about Mr. Gimmick, if you want to hear us talk more about Mr. Gimmick and its soundtrack, uh, give to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. We did a Patreon-only episode where we talked about uh, epic epic soundtracks for you know mediocre games. Was it that one? Or no, maybe it was just, I think it was just obscure games because Mr. Yeah, Gimmick isn't mediocre. It was, our, it was our obscure game soundtrack episode, which is really cool. But we have that and 30 other episodes that you can listen to at the Patreon for just a dollar, patreon.com slash podcast. We just put one up about our least favorite video game movies, so you can listen to that. And also, you can catch me playing video games at twitch.tv slash podcast. Uh, I've been starting a little bit earlier now, just just because like I started streaming around like midnight or one nowadays. Uh, I've been playing Subnautica, Bravely Default two. I'll be playing Shin Megami Tensei three, of course. So check in on that. I've been playing th- Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday nights, and all that stuff on there. So check that out. Also, YouTube to- YouTube slash Nintendo Main Podcast is where we have our YouTube stuff. I think we've actually. We are at 301 subscribers, so we actually broke Woo-hoo. 300 on there. So there you go. So so we got that. Uh, hopefully we'll have some new videos. I was hoping to put up the video of John explaining the controller on there. And I can edit that too if, if, you, do, if you don't want to. I can just cut it out and put it up there. But I thought that'd be a cool thing to have on there. But we'll be posting some new stuff on there, of course. And if you want to hear uh, Jess and I talk about old movies, we just did an episode about Dick Tracy for our How Is It Now podcast. You can check that out on your, you know, look it up on the podcast apps and all that shit. And this has been episode 271. We are your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jerry Mikowski. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya.
Okay, so every time okay, I talk, so it repeats every myself time I talk, like two seconds myself, after I talk. Like two so. seconds after I talk. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm better. That's better. I'm better. It's early. I'm better. We're better. <laughs> We've grown. We've grown. We've grown. Hello. <laughs>